Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the fifth anniversary. This is Austin Theory, and you're listening to WrestleCast Radio all day. Hey, hello to all my friends of WrestleCast Radio. This is Flip Gordon, and I'm very excited to introduce you to one of my favorite wrestling radio shows. Hey, what's up, guys, from WrestleCast Radio. This is Humberto Carrillo, WWE Superstar. You are listening to WrestleCast Radio. El Latino. Está en la casa, baby. Welcome to WrestleCast Radio. Ah, oh, shit. Time to get down, y'all. Time to get down, get funky. With your boy, Tuco Scorpio. Get ready to open up this show live. Right here on the WrestleCast Radio. That's right. So if y'all already don't know, now you know. This is your boy, Tuco, and I'm ready to get funky. So everybody out there, turn it up. Let's do this. Wrestling has more than one royal family. before the 2020 revolution and uh if you look at the wow. the way that the land has changed <laughs> in uh two and a half short years uh oh <laughs> i thought this was a nice little uh this was our first like ever big intro to an AEW pay-per-view that we were going to cover all excited yeah. and you know jake hanger dustin rhodes Darby and Guevara. This this had that amazing uh, Omega Page uh, Young Bucks tag match that we still, you know, things can wish to rival. You know, oh, Revolution. Yep. You know, MJF yep. and Cody. 
And now it's like, whoa, <laughs> we just hit. Now it. it's a uh, disarray, to say the least. And, and you wanted me to say this because uh, I said it on the phone. You're like, save it for the air. Last night, 24 hours ago, literally, like 24 hours ago, we hit the reset button from everything that we had known. Yeah. And it kind of leads us to tonight. Um, obviously, we have all out to talk about the results. We have uh, Siege the Castle. No. I think that I, show I, just ended, too, by the uh, way. <laughs> like 20, like 10 hours ago, it finally ended. Not Siege. I keep calling it Siege the Castle. It's Cat, Clash at the Castle. we got to review that. Um, Siege at the I Castle do, just sounds way better. And it also kept, sounds like a Steven Seagal gimmick. <laughs> I kept saying that all weekend. And they're like, no, it's Clash at the Castle. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, I want to talk <laughs> the, the, uh, the Noah Edwin final. If you really did watch it, I want yeah. to know your thoughts on it. After, oh, uh, you how, mean... Over under Ryan, how many times did I fall asleep? Over under three times. <laughs> As the Kaito Kia. No justice for Kaito in this bitch. I'm not gonna lie, none for that guy. Kaito Kia via Alex Mello rivalry continues. <laughs> it does. He's the Adam Cole of 2021 and 2022 for me apparently. Jesus, man. Um, I and, it, and it was me. It was my Japanese, my little legitimate Japanese doppelganger, just coming back from being a part of Diamond Mine, uh, you know, Hideki Suzuki. And then uh, I was all for it. And then uh, I snored once, woke up, it was still on, fell back asleep, it was over, turned it back on, fell asleep. And uh, yeah, like I said, over under three. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and I'll, I'll pull up my review for it too. Um, and, and read read my review of the final for those that didn't listen to it. And I do want to I do want to thank everyone once again for the the amazing yeah. response uh, to the N one series eight episodes, um, almost a hundred downloads between them all. We cracked thirty nine k and we're almost to forty k total listens. Um, people said stuff during my streams like I I'm it was awesome. I had so much fun with it. So. As I said, I want to do something like that again. Um, I know Alex has something in the works, too, potentially. So, like, we got some stuff that we're going to try to do because that seemed to work and you guys seemed to like it, so we need to give you the content so you don't stop listening to us. I think what <laughs> so we need to do, do yeah. I want to get to that 200,000. We definitely should do a uh, challenge recap for when that comes back on, like the actual MTV The Challenge. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah, like hell yeah. right after, right after it ends, we just like get all nineteen of us. We got to do our draft. We got to do all that shit. We're gonna do the app. Uh, we're gonna put a hundred shekels on it each. And um, yeah, I think we we got to do a, a recap show on that shit. I just think that would be a lot of fun. Hell yeah, we can we can bring a rotating door of guests on too, which is awesome. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> we want to. Um, so we got we got some good stuff. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get it pumped out. We're gonna get going. Um, that that rejuvenated me doing that those episodes, yeah. and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but I do want to touch on that on that just kind of as to where we're going next. Also, Noah, uh, they have announced the Tokyo Dome show, which I do kind of want to go into in the future. As yeah, the last time Noah ran the Tokyo Dome. 
Uh, there was like 60,000 people there, Destiny 05, which is still either a watch-along I want to do on, like, Twitch or next time Ooh. you're over or something. Like, I I need you to watch Destiny 05 and kind of go, now I understand why people love, like, Noah the way they love Noah and are so defensive. And, like, Noah heads are so, like, get off my lawn with, you know, people like Kendall Caution and shit. Mm-hmm. But this is the first show they've ran, you know, 17 years. Eight, it'll be 18 years. It's just the the KG Muto retirement show, I believe, is what it's going to be. Oh, um, okay. Which is why, because remember I told you I, I had heard that he was shopping it between New Japan or Noah or he'll do it himself. It sounds like yeah. they're both going to do it from the picture you sent me. Hmm. So he probably, he got the, uh, as you said, shackles. For both companies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, man, it all depends. I mean, as long as you know Nakajima is going to be available to to participate in that dome oh. show, I, I don't know what's going on with him uh, or his psyche. But man, it just seems like it's been a well for him. It's been a while, but uh, it's been a week uh, or so of uh, just crazy, crazy uh, hits to the face. Yeah, especially I... in the orbital area, whether it's in <laughs> Chicago. Or somewhere out in Japan. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, obviously I said, I want to talk Dragon Gate uh, with Dangerous Gate next week. We don't have the card yet, but I just want to kind of do a pre-preview with, you know, the, my summer of eight didn't happen, but it's kind of like, it, the show is two days before summer technically ends. So technically, Alex, yeah. I may still have the summer of eight, though. <laughs> At least for one day. <laughs> but just the weird booking challenges, and I want to get your opinion on why I'm 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 I feel like this is failing Yuki Oshioka and Eita. This match is going to fail, and why it's not working right now. And I want to get your thoughts on okay. that kind of stuff too. So I want to talk a little Danger Skate uh, next week. I figure we should have the card so we can do a real preview. Um, Dynamite. Look, it was as you said, there wasn't a lot to it. It was a, it was like I said, it's, it was a reboot, but. I don't think we need to waste time and do our 30 minutes of talking about the, the movies I finally watched or random, you know, hikes you went on and shit. I think we just need to get right into AEW and post all out. Like, let's not waste time. That's very true, especially because we got football. But we should also let the audience know that uh, come November, come meet us out in Summit, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, I believe is where it's at. The Nick Gage Invitational 7, baby. Plus the cast radio, Strong Style Media. Don't forget to search Strong Style Media wherever you pod your cast or blogtalkradio.com forward slash Strong Style Media. Uh, we're definitely going to be representing there. And didn't you say there was another show like the day after? Yeah, there's there's Or was that Milwaukee, right? Yeah, Milwaukee they're doing the next night. So, you know, hey, drive back. We might go to Milwaukee, but we will, we're, we're, we're coming strong to Chicago again. Or, uh, hey, we, um, there might be a 12-year-old with us, so that will be tight. <laughs> if she's allowed in. Yeah. She was like, I want to go, and I'm like, all right. As, <laughs> as long like, as she, uh, as long as 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 you and you and the mother do not mind her screaming Nick fucking Gage over and over, I think it's okay. But if that's no, too I'm, much I'm for trying her, to get her into Tupac now, so <laughs> I, I think she'll oh, be good. Well, let's let's just let's hope it's just Nick fucking Gage then. And, uh, <laughs> Nick up and Gage. <laughs> And I hope when uh, AJ Gray comes out, she can stand on a chair next to me as we can sing Waka. 
Um, and I'd like to, to uh, wish a very unpleasant week one to Jovan, a.k.a. Hooked on a Thielen, as the pheromones are coming for that ass, oh, literally. Love me some pheromones. Which, by mm. the way, thank you. Uh, when I was in a couple weeks ago for the Kendrick Lamar show, uh, which was outstanding, um, and kind of in the middle of that, that N1 there, um, we uh, we watched Peter Pan. We watched some DDC. It was the first time in a long time for me. You introduced me to the pheromones, and <laughs> I still have dreams when I'm awake about them, and I just get happy and giddy uh, and very excited that they uh, have entered my psyche. So thank you. <laughs> and speaking of DDT, I do uh, I do think if we can, you know, each spare an extra hour and a half, we should finish that show so we can review it. Because uh, it was. Oh, fun. you didn't finish it. I finished it. Oh, you did. Okay, <laughs> then I need to finish it. I, I, I totally didn't finish it. But then I will get it watched. Um, so we can, we can. T- I would have put. I would have watched it today if I would have thought about it. But until I looked at my team name, Stefan Diggs is about to get in that ass tonight. The pheromones. Yeah. Who are you rooting? <laughs> oh, you got Diggs on your team. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I got Diggs and James Cook, but there's no way I'm starting a rookie running back week one of the NFL without knowing what um what the workloads are going to be. So <laughs> ain't going to happen. <laughs> oh, I got DW on the mind on the uh, Facebook page, so don't forget uh, to send us a like and a follow over at WrestleCast C A S T Radio. WrestleCast Radio over on Facebook. I put Noah underscore G C W. Hey, you're tight. Um, so let's, I mean, that would be a cool crossover. That would be interesting. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to start fantasy booking. Could no in a death match? Could you imagine that? <laughs> he, he, you know, when all these guys. Versus Alex to, Gray? With, with, uh, What's that? Alex Cologne? Or Cologne, yeah. Um, all these guys always put light tubes against people's chests and run and kick them. They've never had somebody like Cano run and kick them, let alone having light tubes in the chest when he kicks them. <laughs> You'd probably ride a bike down to into the light tubes because you're so tight. <laughs> oh, man. So, but let's let's get into because this is I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if this is going to go. If this is going to this, there's many ways this could go. I'm prepared that this could get ugly. I'm prepared that this might not. I'm. All I know is I'm excited, and the first thing I want to say, regardless of, of of breaking this down, is this is what I have. Regardless of what happens, now I, I'm not happy with what happened whatsoever, but this yeah. is what I've been asking these goddamn media people and these scrums to do for years. Yeah, make these wrestlers uncomfortable. Give them something to answer. I know it's a fixed sport. It's a it's a right you know sport. But if you want to treat it like it's a real thing, then you need to give them things like it's a real thing. When when they did the, the siege the castle press conference, it was it was the workers out there in their gimmicks. The fans were praising yep. AAA. Like it was awful. Why didn't somebody ask AAA some questions? You know, ask. I mean, Roman Reigns was just like acknowledge me, and he just dips out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like, ask these people some questions, and the AEW people. But to did. be fair, to be fair, Phil uh, or sorry, CM Punk 
was definitely not, he did, he wasn't asked a question. He started that whole conversation. Oh, but Nick he asked the reporter. Yeah, he asked Nick, uh, the Nick reporter, uh, a question first. So, so he's the one who technically started the whole thing. Let, let me. So let's break it down there. I think. I think right off the bat when that happened, Tony Khan needed yep. to just step in and shut it up. Yeah, but when that's your multi-million-dollar man, when that's the man Doesn't who's quote-unquote bringing in those million-dollar gates, and he's saying, Doesn't. "I'm trying to run a business here." And these EVPs couldn't even manage a target, which is hard, by the way. Yes, I would know. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta you gotta let the truth be known in order for shit to basically change. I have I I, I am a hundred percent, not a hundred. I'd say I'm seventy percent behind what CM Punk di- did and said because I have been in that position. Uh, you know, I was in a mm-hmm. spot where I knew there was an asshole around here that was harassing and women mm-hmm. and couldn't, and he was a quote-unquote district manager, and this guy was horrific. And I remember I told him, as well as the owner, I said, John, I have managed at one time over 100 people. You can barely manage I was like, people want me in your job, but I say, nope, let him do it. Let him learn, even though this guy was 10 years older than me. And I said, nope. I was like, John, you can't even manage your own people at your own store. Mm. Because I totally get the frustration. I totally get that because they were gambling buddies. They were friends. He had no reason to have that position or the money he was making. And so for that to happen, I totally get the frustrations of that. You get the frustrations of that. We dealt like that with our rotation at Toys R Us. We, I dealt with the kiss asses that got, you know, uh, you know, promoted way ahead just because I was like, no, you do not deserve this. What are you, what's happening here? So, you know, I, I totally get that aspect of it. Now, the fighting part, that's where it all comes down to it, where it's like he said, she said. So that's the interesting aspect of it. That dark side of the ring story, I cannot wait for. So while I do agree with calling out the shots of things and and saying this and saying that, my issue I had, the two issues I had was one, you you don't start a press conference that way. And you have no. So so right off the bat is what proof does he has that have that, that those three said this to, to, you know, I don't know, Brad Shepard or whatever one of those fuck boys are on the internet that have no credibility whatsoever in post. How do, uh-huh. how do, how do, how do they truly know? They have no idea that. That's all he said, she said. It's no different yep. than I'm reporting MJF skidding on a plane right now in New York. We're just waiting to see him. <laughs> no, he's not. This, so no, he's not. I understand that. So Now, I understand being angry. So if, you're, if your rule is if you have a problem, say it to my face, why don't you just yep. go say it to their face after a press conference in a cordial manner and do it the way that you portray you want yourself to have it? Now, I understand you just got that wrestling a match, the adrenaline's going on, and you're working yourself into a shoot by talking. And I get that. But 
the reason I say you got to tell him to shut his mouth is I feel bad in the worst, in, in the weirdest way for Colt Cabana. Cabana is doing nothing. How so? What he has nothing to do with the conversation. He didn't talk to anybody. He didn't bring anything up. Punk initiated this talk with this Nick guy and then proceeded to talk about, I paid his bills. He shares a bank account with his mother. Like, why are you putting his shit out there when he doesn't even talk about you or doesn't talk to you anymore? You're choosing to call this guy out for no reason. Well, it, it all stems from the Hangman Page promo where he went into business for himself first, which I am very irritated why he's a part of this title tournament because he's one of the catalysts on why this all started. Agreed. He should have been suspended. He's, you no. know, back in May. He should have been, he should have had all of that shit. And, you know, Cabana, it is what it is. Chicagoan, I get it. Um but, I mean, let's be real. It probably was the Bucks and them giving that shit to Meltzer um, and, and spreading that because they're boys. It is what it is. Reported off and on for years. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's be real. But that's all here. I guarantee you we said, oh, man, how fast is Punk going to want him fired now that he's in the company a week after he signed? Yeah, we were all like, well, that's going to be awkward. But I So mean, that's more than just the EVPs. Is where mm-hmm. I'm getting at with that. My my only other thing is, and I'm, you're 100 percent right with Paige. Paige does a <laughs> shitty move. Don't do that. He did it in the ring, and then well, especially when he fumbled his words during that promo. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna don't be Roman Reigns with Cena. Can't do it. Don't do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then Punk went out and oh. went into business in the ring for himself to counter Paige. Correct. Yes. Correct. Leave it at that. It's in the ring. Leave it in the ring. Don't bring it into this, this part. You're talking. You want to do good business. You're not doing good business. My, my prime example I gave to somebody was if, if Connor McDavid or Mike Trout or LeBron James went out after winning a championship was like, man, uh, Justin Berlander's a fucking bitch, and he doesn't do shit, and, I, and I'm the reason he got a contract, and like things like that, you – no, that's not the fact. You don't do that. It's not acceptable. If Conor McDavid was like, yeah, the reason Crosby couldn't beat me in the cup is because he's a punk ass bitch who has nothing but concussions and he shouldn't be playing anyway. But they babysit him and let him do things because he gives them yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. You're talking about. I, I love how you crossed business. over like four different sports with that announcement. <laughs> well, and that's because that's I was like, I think, I think that guy's a hockey player. but i mean like i love these media scrums because they're trying to make it feel like a sport yeah but at the end of the day i will say this though i will say Mm -hmm. this though the reason why again i i agree 100 percent with punk the one who shall not be named that you named that you're playing in that first week a total a million percent same similar situation. I bring him over to this new company. I said, you're yep. going to be my sales guy. You're going to do this. Oh, but you, I was making out and, you know, doing stuff with a girl that you were infatuated with that you, that she had wanted nothing to do with mm-hmm. you. So you get all butthurt and you do this. And then you start spreading shit about me because you couldn't do what I was doing. So, Yeah. I harbor that that oh, I harbor that grudge probably until the day I die because who knows what my life would have been 
in yeah. that position within that company because mm-hmm. I unjustly got punished for some bullshit on that aspect. Agreed. All because he could not get some and he had to put some kids, his own kids in cages. Because he's that lackluster of a parent. And he smells, and he's a fat piece of shit. So I 100 million percent agree with how Punk feels with that situation. Of a friend, for him to stab me or him in the back in that aspect, when you try to help him out, no, bro, you are dead. And, and, And I don't disagree with any of that. I don't disagree with any of that. But in this situation... Colt Cabana was nothing, and and he was already there before, you know, I think he got his foot in the door before Punk did, you know, so... But Punk he, wasn't an active, didn't have any interest in wrestling at that time. Yeah. Cabana was only brought over because Ring of Honor was, you know, kind of on the outs. He would do some stuff back then, and, you know, he was friends with the Bucks, you know. Well, even, even what you do. when was his, when was his, this I'm actually intrigued about, because now this I don't know, and now I want to... Yeah. Now I actually want to know this because this, this I'm I'm trying to figure out. I I feel like Punk or Cabana also got into WWE before Punk did. So like oh, Punk didn't bring him anywhere. I think so. Yeah. So like, so, so yeah, like, all the lead he was with 2019, 2020. Um, WWE was 07, 09. 09. Yeah. So 07, 09. Punk was 05. Yeah, Punk was 05. So okay. Punk had to, but Punk was OVW too, I think, which is different. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but like, you know, and, and once again, everything you're saying is 100% correct. But the beef of it was behind a closed door with four people. This mm-hmm. guy's going in front of a million people, starting a fight for no reason when nobody's talked about it for six months. What was the last time anybody talked about punk? Yeah, but that? people, but I mean, like that that fat fan who brought it up in Chicago, who was starting to try to start a Coca Bana chance. I mean, this, oh, this yeah, stuff again yeah. has been simmering online, this and that. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's, but it's what do you accomplish? It. Like, fast. what does it accomplish to to bring up somebody that has nothing to do with anything going on anymore? I mean, I agree. For him to start it off, for him to start it off, I 100% agree. It's random, but I think it just had to be a starting point to the bigger frustration of what the quote unquote elites were trying to do backstage and with their powers of EVPness. Let's be real; they have done jack shit with what they've been in charge of. The women's division, you got one or two stars. I get it, the pandemic, you know, halted Kenny's, you know, uh, Joshi plans and all that. You know, he was able to get a few here and there. Yoshida, mm-hmm. of course, was, you know, stateside. Uh, the tag team division with the Bucks, yeah, they didn't win the tag titles right away. Uh, but still, you could see when they were hampering different teams down. You know, as an example, FTR of all teams, yeah, they're kind of getting their their spotlight back again within this year. But I remember I posed the question, why is FTR losing all the time? Why is this and that? And then a month later, they started getting momentum. They were getting that traction. And fans were just fed up with the bucks and their shit and their same old shit. (laughs) You know, where you can Mm -hmm. only flippity-flop, hashtag dive so many times where it's like, all right, 
again, we, we saw the cage match in Chicago at last year's All Out. It was awesome. You know, they don't get me wrong. They could do some incredible shit. Their, their TV match with FTR, with the 20 minutes that they were given, awesome match, especially for a TV, TV classic within the last 20 years, hands down. But, I mean, what, what else have they done within that division? They only built two other teams, and they had about 10 tag teams that they had, but it was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think a lot of it, too, is I think a lot of people put more stake into this EVP thing than it really is. I think people yeah, just want, want a reason to blame. Well, yeah. it's their EVP, so we can blame them. You know, well, you don't know everything. And it, it's, it, it, some people are like, oh, so this, this whole thing is a work. It's not a fucking work. He's... He's maybe no. going into a. I. I and here's where I'm going to go. Probably even crazier off the off the topic than other people, is yeah. I think I still think the Hangman Page shit's a work. But really? I think the stuff with with Kenny and the Bucks, and and that I think that was something that that he blew way out of proportion, and those you know and they're. These are, these are pro wrestlers. They all have egos. They're all going to get mad. I mean, fuck. Mm-hmm. There's Arn Anderson and Sid with the scissors in a shower. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, wrestlers <laughs> are not. And, and I'm, I'm still going to go off of the, apparently the, like, one of the heads of the company who I, who I believe over listening to the Bucks and over the Punk's, uh, Punk's testimony uh, where he yeah. said they all got into it in the back in an open area. There was no, like, 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 oh, my God, I saw a headline today. More backstage update. Larry the dog was scared. I don't fucking care. Why are you putting that as a headline? <laughs> You're reaching here. I, I guarantee you, and I'm going to say this without knowing what happened and going off of 15 articles I read, but the one I'm going to pick to go behind is they, those three were waiting in the back, and as he came, in the, came back there with Steel, they said, what the fuck was that about? And yeah. Hothead goes, what, fuck you? And they were like, they started yelling at him. I believe that Punk took the first swing at Matt Jackson because I could see that happening if they got, especially if Jackson got in his face, I could see Cabana, or excuse me, Punk, defending himself, you know, just with that aspect, especially if they do an MMA. And Ace yep. feels nuts. So I could see him sabooing that chair across the room, smoking <laughs> with Jackson. Um, and I could see Kenny being a, a calm head who was trying to, whoa, this is going too far. And then ACL bites him. I could see all of that happening. <laughs> what, what people are talking about is why did Christopher Daniels, why did Pat Buck, why did Michael Nakazawa, why did Brandon Cutler, why did they get suspended along with Matt, Nick, Kenny, ACL, and Punk if they're in a small locker room? No fucking way. You're not putting yeah. a dog, a wife with a broken leg, and nine people in a room together and having all this Yeah, that's a pretty big locker room. Yeah, that, that, it didn't happen. It was in a wide-open fucking space, just like I thought it was. And, and this dude, he chose who got suspended. He picked this. Yeah. Daniels is suspended. Cutler is suspended. Nakazawa is suspended. This is a lot bigger than people think. With, with that whole stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know who didn't get suspended? The other guy in this in-ring 
uh, going to business for himself, Hangman Adam Page. And why didn't yeah. he get suspended? Because he was probably going to go into the next program with Punk. And Punk being Punk, who's done, look, like I said in that text, I've been a mark for this fucking dude since 2003, 4 ROH Impact days. Like, I, yep. I was talking to you, you guys. Cried, you cried at his match with MJF when he came out <laughs> with the gimmicks, with the ROH like, things. Like, I love it. Like, that's that's a guy that I've – it took me 10 years to get Demetrius to, to, to pop for the guy. Like, I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Joe Punk, man. Like, I, yeah. I've been a huge punk guy. But at oh. the end of the day, when you're the, you're the champion and you're the number one guy, you can't do that. You, you you can't do it, and I'm gonna let me let me say it to you this way too. Do you think he knew he was hurt? Do you think he knew it was like, well, I'm I'm hurt again. I'm gonna. Yeah, or do you think that's a cover up? No, he knew yeah. he was hurt. His body's breaking yeah. down. And here's the other thing: is in the middle of all this, like, with with I understand, you know, I'm doing all this mess. He is not the wrestler he used to be. He can't go a match without getting hurt. I don't think winded, we're gonna yeah. see him again. Like, ten fifteen yeah. minutes in, you could you can tell. And, and maybe you know that's, that's okay. Part of the reason. And that's yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, like, I'm not mad at that, you know? It's it's like when I watch... Uh, it was still a hell of a match with Moxley. <laughs> I mean, one of the better matches that I've seen Moxley have in a while. Um, You know, so it's just one of those things where it's like this... This is just... Your, your natural body's breaking down from not wrestling. And I guarantee you yeah. he's frustrated that he, he's not the best in the world like he used to be. He's not even top ten maybe in the company half the time. With, yeah. because of, he, he, look what he tried to do that the buckshot with Paige. He broke his ankle. That's why he was gone. Yeah. And it sucks because I was, I was so jacked when he came back. I was so glad when he wanted to go to that pay-per-view. We got to see his mm-hmm. return. You know, it, yep. it, I love fucking Puck. But at the end of the day, if you're the figurehead of this company, you can't say that. And I, I'm going to I'm gonna base this off of this, based off of, it, I, I don't know if you listened to the last night I did of the end one, but I I scathed on probably my favorite wrestler in the world, Katsuki Nakajima. I said, you yeah. are turning into a young, stupid prick. And it's pissing me off because you're going to ruin all of your opportunities. And I, I get it. Kenny Okada should have rolled to his – that's a movie you do a hundred times. He wasn't set. His chest wasn't out and his head was down. That's why he got hurt. That literally was all Okada's fault. But he's put himself in a situation now between Atsushi Kotoge at the presser, yep. Tetsuya Endo changing their whole summer of booking, and now Kenny Okada, who was supposed to, who was supposed to beat him, I was told, was supposed to yep. beat him. So then that way there was it was Kojima or Kiyomiya, whoever won won the, the that block, and that's why they had to send him down in street clothes because he had to pay attention to see if he was still going to win because he was in contention because <laughs> of the knockout. It wasn't supposed to happen. Yep. He needs to knock the shit. And it took me it took me a minute, but I had to put I, I had to put my bias aside glasses on and say, No, this guy needs to knock it off. This is not right. And and I say to you, if on July seventeenth of two thousand eleven, if CM Punk didn't change your thoughts on a lot of wrestling and your life with a lot of this stuff, would you still be yeah. backing me the way you are? I mean it's and the that, same situation. I mean 
If you had to look at it, as I would a say I would say yes. I would say because of that pipe bomb and not the money in the bank match, which I'm referring, I'm assuming you're referring to July 17th. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the money in the bank. Yeah. Um, I think it was more of that because again, letting out that frustration at that time where I was at at Toys R Us, where I'm like, well. <laughs> This dude just got fired over some bullshit because this new manager's trying to throw his cock around. You know, I'm like, who is this guy? And then trying to come at me where I'm like, well, Maple was at fault. They didn't let Ryan in the door. So you're going to let him go because of some bullshit? (laughs) So I totally got that frustration. You know, and so it was that, and it was everything that built it, because I didn't know the Summer of Punk and ROH at that time. I was an ignorant mm-hmm. pro-WWE. Uh, but so but I mean, that I day would say gave was, you CM Punk leaving with the belt. Yeah, that, that, gave me, that gave me the F authority. This is the Austin 2.0 of, of mm. this generation. Of this. And, and that's what I just want to make sure. Like I said, I don't care what side we each take, but – had it not been for Nakajima, ironically, a week later, I might have had yeah. goggles on going into this too. But when I was doing those shows, I went, I, ha- I, I can't clout my judgment because he's probably my favorite going in the world. Yeah. And when, the more I broke it down, I went, no, this, he can't be doing this. You can't, you can't be the face of something and then not act right. Because at the end of the day, the yeah. company started without him. This company was doing just fine without him. And when he got there this last year, how many times have we seen a report where there's hostility in the locker room or there's uprest in the locker room? I know we love Punk, but is this maybe an accidental Band-Aid that just got ripped off that we didn't know should have got ripped off? And maybe it was just never meant to be? Yeah, but Punk, or not Punk, Omega and the Bucks are also very well known. I mean, let's be real. Cody Lutz, he is a founder, but he could not get along with the elite. It was I, totally I, after that, after that six months to the to a year from the, when that company started, they all just were, were totally separate. You know, Cody was on his own. Yeah. Everyone. So, I but mean, like, there's been, you Cody know, was, that's why you saw all their friends, you know, getting the pushes, getting on TV. When they were jack shit and Cody was saying, hey, let's get Lee Johnson out here. Let's get this. Like, no, we're going to get, you know, Nakazawa back out there. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, like, we're going to get the Cody best friends out there because, you know, it's 2014. Like, this was, that- Cody's de- this was Cody's destiny to go back to the E. He never wanted to leave. I and mean, him, he the did, but then he got the clout. But, I mean, again, their their creativeness, I mean, just it, it wasn't what they what they thought it would be. And it's, then, of course, the power in numbers, the elite, they're more in Tony Khan's ear, unlike Cody. And Cody's like, all right, he was planning ahead. So that's probably also mm-hmm. why he saw the writing was on the wall. So that's why he was getting his own shit together and was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to make me look good for Vince and then, you know, when I want to go back. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, trying to figure, you know, getting, you know, like they say, never quit a job until you got a next one ready. <laughs> you know, so it's just like I, I could see where it was that status. But he's there's been rumors been guy, ever though. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Huh? He's always been yeah. the WWE guy, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and the reason I I say, too, with the EVP thing, having power and doing things is bullshit. 
is that December uh, dynamite where all those uh, Dark Order creeper guys came in the ring and they're like beating up the elite and Cody and Dustin and the ones not even punching Dustin and like oh yeah girl, <laughs> you remember how bad that was yeah and then uh, that, that, that's uh, how AEW botches on Twitter was was born because of that <laughs> uh, man they had uh, Awesome Kong the same show as with Brandy Rhodes and the Sorcery Society or whatever and they were like cutting people's hair and like I forgot about that that was the, the after that show. Tony Khan went in the back and told Cody, Kenny, Matt, and Nick. He said, "From here on out, you guys are not booking shows. I'm doing all of it." That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And ever <laughs> since, so the company has been on the right spot. Like that's why I, yeah. I also say, you know, in in Tony Khan and his uh, booger sugar, I trust. Because <laughs> oh. like these other guys, and I think a lot of it is it's it's a facade, and and people they do it because they know it's going to rile people up. It's going to give people something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But, and boy, but, have they the memes yeah. alone from Seinfeld, The Simpsons that I follow, like they're intertwining with wrestling, has given me joy. There's a new one like every ten minutes. It seems like uh, the Seinfeld ones the best. The Simpson one's great, but I mean, as big of a mark I am for Seinfeld, they they just coincide with every situation perfectly. Like, that's been the blessing of all of this, is just the meme culture. And I think mm. that. And, and I, I mean, think... this was getting pressed, though. This is getting pressed in Newsweek. This is getting pressed yeah. in AP. Like, every... So, I mean, this oh, is getting some, some pretty that. big publicity. We're, um... Um, I said I added. Man, fuck these people. A contributor work, to uh, the show, uh, Mr. Matthew Pickett. He said he was listening to a college football podcast earlier in in the day today, um, and basically all they were talking about was AEW. And he was like, <laughs> "This is crazy. This is a, a college football podcast." He's like, "But that's all they talked for the first half hour." And then he was like, "And then I don't know if you're familiar with the whole Don't Worry Darling." Uh, craziness within that film, um, Olivia Wilde's uh, second directorial uh, film with Harry Styles, and a lot of controversy, you know, surrounding that film with Shia LaBeouf. You know, Olivia Wilde said she had to fire him because his energy was off, and he was like, "No, I got the receipts. Uh, you know, you were not doing your job as a director or producer. You know, blah blah blah." He's like, "I quit." <laughs> you know, so and then all oh, this oh. stuff with you know. Her marriage ended because her and Harry Styles were, you know, boning behind the scenes. So her and Sudeikis divorced because of that. Uh, she got served divorce papers, actually, while she was promoting the movie um, at a big uh, cinema conference uh, earlier in the year. And then the star of the film, Florence Pugh, who we, you know, I love as an actress. You might know from Black Widow or, of course, you know, when she portrayed Paige in Fighting With My Family. Uh, mm-hmm. She's the star of the movie. She said, I'm going to one film festival I'm going to walk the red carpet, and I'm not doing any press. <laughs> she's the star of the film, as she said. This is all I'm going to do with you, essentially. So, I mean, and he was like, yeah. And they were talking about, yeah, what it should be. It should be like CM Punk and Harry Styles versus Hangman Page and Chris Pine. Because apparently <laughs> Harry Styles fit on, Chris, on the red carpet. So it's just it's crazy how these two 
junctions of feuding has just overtaken the landscape of, of pop culture and just news in general, besides RIP Queen Elizabeth. It, and that's why I kind of think the, the, um, the, the part with Paige was a work. Or was a shoot. Or, yeah, work, excuse me. Because worked, they both yeah. did it in the ring. You know, so that's what's weird. Yeah. I got a buddy who texted me yesterday who I've maybe, maybe said two things to in over a year. Hey, what's going on with CM Punk and apparently the rest of this AEW? They keep showing up on my <laughs> feeds, but I'm not getting what happens. So I keep on talking to in a year going, hey, what's this wrestling thing happening with this guy who hasn't wrestled in a decade and this company yeah. I've never heard of? <laughs> getting people to talk. Uh, well, I'll even, I mean, I'll talk about again the memes. Two of them I just want to go really quick. It's a Ralph Wiggum. Uh, meme and it says and I wrote in my my Facebook post I was like how I sound tried to trying to explain the surreal drama going on in AEW wrestling and so it's Ralph Wiggum talking to his parents and and it goes and then CM Punk said Cole Cabana shares a bank with his mom that Hangman was a dump and then he punched the Young Bucks then Ace Steel bit Kenny Omega and then Brandon Cutler looked at me and then there's a <laughs> classic Seinfeld riff where uh, George Costanza's dad uh, the the late great Jerry Stiller uh, he, he leaves like a, a quick, fast-paced uh, message about, you know, George is dead, blah, blah, blah. Well, on this one, it was like, Jerry, it's Frank Costanza, Punk Punch Matt, Ace Big Kenny, Nick is dead, call me back. And I'm like, <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. I, oh, I want to know oh. at the end of the day, who the hell let Ace Steel in, in the company to begin with? I agree. Like a, I was wondering that, wackle. too. Like, That's exactly what I thought. Especially when he's the one sampling people, like. It, <laughs> it, oh, I love it. it here, you know what? You know what I think could have could have really de-escalated it is if the minute he he smoked uh, um, Nick Nick Buck, if Punk would have been like, "Whoa, you can't do that," and stopped him, I think it would have changed yeah. everything. I'm protecting my wife. What do you mean you're protecting your wife? <laughs> Blindsided a man with a fucking folding chair. I would assume uh, it's a yeah. folding chair. Could you imagine if that was like a a like Adirondack style sitting that doesn't move chair and he whipped that at him? You could have killed him. Oh. That would have been what we needed. No, no that's horrible. I mean, that. um, yeah, no, I... Uh, God, it's so... Did, like... Did they kick down the door? Did he, like, that's the thing where it just seems so out of whack. And then with the executive, who's also like a lawyer, mega, you know, blah, 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 whatever her name is, you know, the other top executive with, with Tony Khan there, where the news broke, well, allegedly she saw the fight or portion of the fight. That's why about. it went like this. Yep, so it's just like, who's the thing is, is Daniels like, and Cutler and all those guys. So my thing is like, a, if you're wrestling and if you're dudes and you're fighting, you're not going to call the cops. You're not going to, you know, rat on the other people. Uh, you know, obviously that's why this all happened because an executive seen it. But it's just like, even if she didn't see it and all of this got out, like, I don't know. It's, it's, that's where it seems like it's a work. Where it's this just is... like all of a sudden, like... <laughs> They threw a chair. Like, it's so dramatized. Like you said, with all those people in a small backstage locker room, 
dressing room, That's whatever. What it's just telling you when they said this was in a wide open area and it happened right after the interview, that's what it yeah. happened. There's no, and you would have heard it. Way. They would have heard it yeah. in that press room easily. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think there was a, if you, if you watch it, like if you actually watch the thing, there's a break oh, yeah. in between because the bucks yep. aren't going out because they're yep. arguing. So quick thinking, he brings out swerve and, and, Keith Lee, who weren't supposed Keith to be a Lee. part of it. Yeah. Who then so get asked, hey, do you think you should have read the crowd and, you know, maybe dropped your titles and call an audible? I love that. Like, I, lo- like, I, I hate and I love that question because it's a question you, you shouldn't have put those guys in. You Like, you shouldn't have put those guys in that kind of a spot where they had to try to, like, work their way around it. But that's the exact yep. question why these press conferences should be happening. Hey, yeah. no one. The acclaimed losing killed your show. I, mm-hmm. I, I will, I'll pull this right up after that. So, Swerve and Our Glory versus Acclaimed. I gave four and three quarters. After nice. that, Danielson Jericho two and a half. House of Black versus Miro, Darby, and Sting two and a half. Two. Moxley Punk oh. two and a half. Whoa! You only it, went two and a half on the main, huh? I fell right. asleep after that tag match. That yeah, yeah, that tag match should not have been on there. They, that killed all the momentum. Four of those should not have been on there. Yeah. Like, Daniel Jericho, nobody gave a fuck about. No. And that sucks. I did go back and watch it. I didn't mind it. I like the story it was telling, especially what's going to happen in this, you know, title tournament, where mm-hmm. I love how Danielson's going to get all his wins back from everyone that beat him since he's been in AEW. So I love how he's going to win the title at Arthur Ashe, you know, by beating Moxley. But, yes, the, the finish I, I saw felt a little flat in that Jericho-Danielson uh, match. Um, it, it didn't need to be that, that 20 minutes or, or whatnot, but that whole show, I, again, you cut four, you don't need three or four trios matches when your <laughs> second match of the night is the crown, the inaugural trios champion, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> and... So like that's where I like I don't hate the question like if you would have known that the crowd was legitimately like they they I think I think a claim are winning at Arthur Ashe I don't think they realize oh, yeah. how yeah. over they really are and they are they're that fucking over it's and it's and they've got Anthony Bowen they've been over since he got suspended and look at how good Bowen's looked after his injury he comes back from injury yeah. he looked incredible yeah and. You know, shout out to Lee and Strickland who are just so good they can work whatever you want them to. Strickland's so good. <laughs> oh my god! If he, like, so if he was just a little bit more relaxed on the mic, like I mean, he's as smooth as the other side of the pillow. Don't get me wrong, but like there are times where he like rushes what he's trying to say, and I'm like, oh, just pull it back a little, be a little bit more real. But then there are yeah. times like, damn, this is just like smooth as silk. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, for Strickland, this guy, that that's he's your champion in, within a year or two. He yeah, has so good. So apparently this has come out um, from the area where all these people saw this because it was in a small locker room. Now they're talking about a couple <laughs> more people that have seen it that saw the whole thing happen. So once mm-hmm. again, no, I will not believe it was in a locker room. There's no reason the Young Bucks are going to come up and literally – they literally said they did their finishing move on their door without saying they did their finishing move on the door. They didn't have a fucking super kick party on the door, okay? 
That didn't happen. Um, when, so Kenny, being the called one, was trying to break up Steele and Nick Jackson, apparently. And yeah. Steele said, oh, I bit him because he was trying to put me in a crossface. <laughs> <laughs> legitimately like Steele said he bit him. So now we know he's now admitted that he bit the guy. That's even worse. This just this dropped what, probably in the last 20 minutes. Steele said he believed Omega was trying to crossface him, so he bit him because he was uh, protecting his wife and Larry. These are the exact words that just came out of A. Steele's mouth. Oh, my God. He's a fucking lunatic. Get him the fuck out of here. Yeah. Those, those Pittsburgh people, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> Now, I I think one other thing that really I, I want I want to pull out of the bag that that is get that bites punk in the ass, and I want to give credit to a man that we have um, we have really become fans of on this show over the last year because his gimmick has been great on the mic and they are using him properly. But but our own redeemer, did you see what he retweeted? Yeah. Mr. Yeah, Miro. The, yeah, the the punk. <laughs> punk said, like, man, "Yeah, where he was like, stand by your coworker." Yeah. So after Banks and Naomi walked, he said, "Does it matter if your opinion of your coworker is positive or negative? Stand with them, because they'll do the same thing to you, and you'll wish someone helped. Trust me, you're expendable. Together, you're unstoppable." And Miro just posted a crying, laughing face. Yep. And at the end of the day, that's my problem. Is I, I once again, I he will go down as one of my favorites of all time. But in three or four companies, he has ran himself out of these companies. It's not like this is something that hasn't happened before. This is a reoccurring thing. He doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I, but I, I, why I, should you if you know the pinpoint of the problem and you're trying to rectify the problem? So let me let me ask you this: then. how come in every company he's gone to, he thinks there's a problem, but nobody else does? That makes him the problem. That's true. I know. And it's Damn not, it, like, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to bad, like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm giving no, you I, all I the totally reasons know to, me. to why I'm not trying to to dog him. But you know, I I take it back to. Once again, like I said with Nakajima, it's when when we're behind this microphone, I have to, I can't, I can't put my goggles on and go, oh look, Nakajima just worked stiff. If fucking Okada wasn't so goddamn green, he would have stuck his chest up and he wouldn't have got smoked. Oh hey, maybe if if Endo wasn't a bitch and would have hit him harder, he wouldn't have to try to set his ass straight. Or maybe if they didn't want to put Toge in in the pay per view instead of him, that's their fault. He's a, he's like a third yeah. degree black belt. You don't want to use him. He better stiff somebody and show his dominancy. No, I can't say that because I'm wrong. <laughs> I am one hundred and ten percent a fucking idiot if I say that. And these small listeners we do have, I don't want to lose by saying that. You know, so I just I got to emphasize all points of it. It's just, it, it drives me nuts. It's like, how come everywhere you go, something bad happens? Like, why can't you just fucking be the great wrestler you are and great promo you are? 
and help elevate these people like you do to the ones you like, like Darby. Like, God bless America, that Darby thing was incredible. You talked about when he fucking came out, when we saw him with MGF and he came out to his whole, you know, he came out to the whole fucking... ROH theme and shit. I was in tears. Yep. Like, I love that shit, man. I, I he's even so his match good. with Hobbs at Arthur Ashe. Oh my god! Where, you know, go so, back and watch yeah. this. These this guy's hour long time limits in two thousand two in IWA Mid South in front of sixty people in a fucking yeah. barn gymnasium with Chris Hero. And 22 mm-hmm. years later, you could argue as sloppy as it was, there's not much that can pass that. But go damn be Oof. quiet. Just stop talking sometimes. Yeah. And I, I say it again, Tony it's Khan. Our, like, it's our Chicago blood. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I mean, because we're always seen as the underdog. We're always, even though we know we're the best, we're always yeah, seen as number two thing. or number three. So, I mean, I totally get it. Like, we and, know and our I, worth. And everybody talks shit about, oh, then he's taking shots at MJF. That's work. That's a work. Get out of that. Stop trying yeah, to that was, Stop yeah. picking at it. Like, now he was doing more so. He was doing more good for MJF than what Jericho mm-hmm. does later in that presser. Where he's like, yeah, MJF's playing a character. He's a sweetheart of a guy. You don't say that yeah. shit. You say he's the only guy in the last. Ten years to live his gimmick legit and say, you know what, fuck you. I hate yeah. you. I'm going to steal your phone. I'm going to Venmo myself money out of your account that I don't know you may not have. And here's a fucking shirt. We, we factually can back every bit of him being a legit douchebag. We got photos. We got interviews, ladies and germs. We got... We, the only way we got to interview Maxwell Jacob Freeman is we had uh, Daredevil Derek Fury, his alias, uh, Demetrius Burrow, uh, to kiss his shoe in front of, I don't know, thousand people? You know, yeah, they're and, waiting you know, to see that. They're the, all uh, out or Kenny all Omega, in weekend. It was the Kenny Omega Young Buck uh, autograph line that we were in front of. The autograph, yeah, I was about to say, was it that one? Yeah, because there's yeah, so many we people. Yeah, everybody. And Shout out to Dentrist getting us that, that interview. When I looked at him and I said, "Man, I I I respect that you're the only guy who still does this business correctly. You're a piece of shit, and I hope you have an awful day now that you're not on our show anymore." And he smiled at me and he goes, "Thanks." And I'm like, "God, he just gets it, man." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Good. Ah! And then Jericho was like, "Oh, he's a sweetheart of a guy." He's <laughs> We took us out for dinner the other day. Yeah. And then Punk's like, you know, he's like, he's an irresponsible piece of, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and I love that. And that's where it's like, that's where Punk is so good. When he's going, when he's he's on the ball and he's thinking and, you know, yada, yada. But why are you talking about Colt Cabana's mom? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. And then all he did I was think it was just more in the up. moment. It was. But everyone knows when you're angry you're gonna throw anything and everything oh, yeah. to hurt Preach. the person that you're ranting against. Listen listen to how I was We've at done the it to each draft. other in the past, Ryan. Listen <laughs> to how I, I mean. was at the draft over not being able to get Elvin Kamara because of auto picking for Kyle. Oh yeah. Remember the remember the words I had to say? Yeah, and that's you were horrible, football. and he wasn't even there. No, 
can even defend himself. And this is fantasy sorry, football. Kyle, sorry, half time. <laughs> I, 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 I remember I was like, I was like, I just started doing pop cultures again. I was like, I, I know I'm not going to tell him, but I was like, I kind of feel like I should tell him a little bit. I mean, I didn't. I mean, he's probably listening right now, but I was like, I don't know what to do in this and, situation. And to be fair, by round three, I was fine and calmed down, and I was cool again. But Oh, I bro, was, it was, you, by the time I left, you were still pissed <laughs> off about it. That was like round seven. I, well, well, once I started getting, like, a lot of the players that I didn't think were going to fall, then I started kind of getting a little happy again because then I started feeling myself. But, my God, yeah. I was like, I want Devontae Adams and Alvin Kamara. And then, God damn fucking Garino, uh, Alvin Kamara. Like, oh, you bitch. And, I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, well, best available for Kyle is Devontae Adams. I'm like, I swear to fuck. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Oh, but so, like, man. I, get, I get that part. But that's where if if you're going off into a, a land that has nothing to do with what's going to do and just going to make it worse and set you off, that's where Tony Khan is your boss needs to stop you. And I don't care what CM Punk has done for the company or done for him. He's not going to do anything for your company if you let him keep talking. Yeah. If we never see him again, I would not be shocked. He was already off the intro to Dynamite last night. I mean, so are so uh, the bots, too. That I didn't notice. Interesting. Yeah. Um, they did garner 1.3. What's that? If you if you listen to that, yeah, yeah, please do the ratings. I, didn't, I haven't seen those yet. But if you listen to that entire show, they didn't say the words Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, Young Bucks, CM Punk, or Kenny. Oh, yeah, Mata. they said nothing. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It was out of sight, out of mind, which in a way – Maybe for the legality's sake and the suspensions and them, you know, working out their third-party investigations and whatnot, that's probably why. Um, but, yeah, they did – this is weird. What is this saying? So they, they hit over a million. Um, I'm getting a few different areas where it was saying September oh, – okay, never mind, never mind. That was September 8th of last year. So they're actually down – over 200,000 people from a year ago uh, from last night's Dynamite episode of only getting 1.035, 1,035,000. What was the demo, though? Demo. The demo was a .3A, which is, that was the highest that it's been since June 1st when that was a .40. And that, so, they only netted 969,000 viewers. Uh, what was that? Three months prior then. Um but a year ago, for them to lose that many, I'm surprised with as much hype. So what does this mean for Punk and the Bucks? This is, this I mean, people knew they were out of it. Totally good huh? thing. It, totally good thing. The, all, the number right now, so Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics uh, was, at, was yep. on Jericho's podcast on Friday uh, mm-hmm. last week. And, and he broke down how, at the end of the day, even if you lose like 100,000 fans – if you're up in the demo from where you were before, that's considered yeah. a bigger financial success because that's the demographic that's buying the products of your advertisers. Yeah. So if well, they were up a in year the ago, demo, a year ago matter. though, Ryan, their demo was a point five two. Woo! Dang, so you mean they so they they signed CM Punk and then they went down since they signed him. Literally a month after, yeah, 0.52 from last year, September 8th of 2021. 
the lead up to full gear where we went to 0.35, the fallout from full gear 0.37, and then it's all early 0.3s until January 5th um, where that reached the 0.43. Then they were in the 40s um, leading up to revolution. Yeah, leading up to revolution, double or nothing, very weak um, in the demo as well as the ratings uh, where Punk wins the title. Um, and then, yeah, essentially they didn't hit a million again until August 24th, where they got a 0.34, 0.35 last week, and then again 0.38 yesterday from the fallout of the fallout of all out. So maybe he's not the needle mover like Roman Reigns. Is he getting those million-dollar gates, though? Maybe. I, I remember Meltzer was saying it was all Hangman Page and Adam Cole, but let's be real. No one gave a shit about that match. Let, let, let me say this, too. Would, would they, they would have sold out Chicago regardless, I think. They did sell out Chicago regardless. Well, technically, I heard All Out wasn't a sellout. They touted it, but I, I heard that there were – and I looked. There were tickets available on Ticketmaster because I was thinking about – I was like, I can drive to Minneapolis Saturday night, catch a 7 a.m. or a 10 a.m. flight, get to O'Hare, and then just take an Uber from O'Hare to the Now Arena and then fly mm-hmm. home Monday morning at 5. <laughs> <laughs> so I just... And I found a ticket where we were at for All In, a section over more closer to the ramp, um, on the opposite side, uh, that was like row 14 for like 160 bucks. Mm. So again, the temptation was there. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't a sellout like, like what they said, like what they were touting on the show, like numerous times, you know, and that's just like how, um, you know, the, the punk moxie match where it was extremely, extremely well done. Like point, you had a point yeah. four two in the demo. Fantastic. And this goes back to those, oh, I don't even know what I want to call Con artists, I want to call them. Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff, who just are, God, I, I get why people listen to them. I get why people like it. I get the appeal. But they're, but they're, they're factual proof of why they try to, show how smart they are. They're idiots. They're con artists. They don't understand what they're talking about. And if you listen to those guys, all they talk about is, ah, what was the week, week number, week number, week number, week number, da 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 So Moxie Punk pops a fantastic number, right? Great number. You yep. point two in the demo. What, what, what do those guys come out and say? Well, that's a great number and all. But if you ever looked, if you fans were smart, you'd look at year-over-year numbers. Well, let me say to you first, <laughs> tell, me the first tell me the last time you heard either of them two talk about year-over-year numbers. Because I don't remember yeah. ever being year-over-year. Second off, to prove that you're a fraud is you decided for the first time to ever use year-over-year because one year ago to the Punk Moxley match was Punk's return to television, and you just so happened yep. to pick that dynamite or whatever to counteract this one not succeeding. You're a fraud. You're a phony. Both of you guys. Bischoff's an idiot. Like, <laughs> like that's why I just can't stand those guys. It's like 
you you dig down and find any way to prove your right, and you have to like find shit that that like you never use because you don't have a good reason to the you you can't back it. So you yeah. change your narrative instead of controlling your narrative. Get, get right oh man, <laughs> R.I.P. to that company. It's just like ah. Oh. That's just what happens. Is just to be fair me. though, we just did go year over year numbers or stuff. No, we did. <laughs> that's, that's fine, but we've never claimed yeah. a, claimed a dog to somebody over ratings like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and going back to that, I, I want to say Thugonomics, but the uh, Russellnomics uh, dude you were talking about that was on Jericho's yeah. thing, um, where you know I've heard where the you know the the elite their trios matches. Uh, when they were main eventing, and I thought them versus Aussie Open, that was a seven-star TV match like no other. Um, I thought that was a hell of a fun time. Um, same thing with the uh, Aussie Open and Death Triangle the week prior. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty damn bad, but again, that's just because Aussie Open and uh, Will Ospreay, the United Empire, are the shit. Um, yep. But apparently with the Elite running those main events, though, um, weren't getting the numbers. So apparently viewers would drop when they would go onto the screen. But like you said, though, if they're dropping one two hundred thousand, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So yeah, yeah maybe you're right. They're making a bigger deal out of you know something instead of looking at that demo during that you know quarter hour or whatever. It, when, when you're negotiating a TV deal, it's all about the, the 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 demo. That's why a lot of these places, if you look at it, a lot of them don't put the emphasis on the pay per view anymore. They don't care yeah. about pay-per-view buys. They care about what's my demo. Yeah. Let's put, you know, we're going to put Moxie and Punk on television. Like, I wouldn't have been shocked if Punk MJF would have been on television and not pay-per-view. Because they want to hit that demo. Yeah. <sighs> and it sure didn't hit that demo last time. Um, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised by the rating. And, and the demo number, I honestly thought that would have been way higher. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's worse, that or, God, I was just trying to think of, like, the one time I was like, man, this is going to generate huge numbers. I think it was like a movie. And it and it grossed like $11 million. I was like, man, it's going to make like $40 million. And it was like $11, 12000000 I was like, wait, what? It's like, why am I the only one hyped for this, apparently? Like, jeez. You know, in, in a moment, yeah, I did Tony Khan came on in the first minute and basically just put everything to rest immediately and just started a new show. And you mean when he got food? <laughs> well, you're the pop when they talk about stripping the title off the guys? Yeah. But you're man, right. the booze were loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was... When I went to bed after All Out, I was like, all right, it was a long show, really liked the main event. Punk won in the title in Chicago. Uh, you know, the Joker comes out. I was like, wait, what? They? I was more confused. I'm like, how much did this Rolling Stones song cost? Because I was like, huh. I was like, that's the Stones. I was like, who is this going to be? Maybe it's not who I thought it was. Uh, and I just kept thinking and thinking. And then, you know, once we found out, it was MJF who won the uh, casino ladder match, which, sorry, AW, stop doing gimmick matches. Yeah. You have to stop doing that. That ladder <laughs> match was atrocious. And I yeah. would blame Roosh uh, and Andrade, but mainly Roosh for, like, wearing a suit and a mask and, like, 
that took more time than, you know, until the next person, until Andrade came out. He was still undressing. I'm like, come on, like, make this important. Don't make this about you. It's like Jeff Hardy dancing while he's getting his ass kicked. Um, But when MJF shows and, you know, they don't do anything and they go off there, I'm like, all right, that's good. That's that's classic Attitude Era. They want you to tune in on Wednesday to see what's going to happen next. And then I wake up. At 6 a.m., I was like, oh, I'm old now. i got to use the bathroom at a set time every morning now. And then I just, I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's see what's on the news. Holy shit, what's happened? And then <laughs> I was off, obviously. And I was like, i got to watch YouTube in bed. <laughs> I was like, i got to see what's happening. And I was just gleefully smiling as Punk is just going off and uh, shouting out the, uh, the cupcake place um, and whatnot. But, yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I thought the presser was a lot better than some of the show. Again, you easily could have scrapped four or five matches, easily two out of that pre-show uh, garbage there. Um, I think you could have done a Kingston-Sammy match because of, you know, again, they had words. They had some fisticuffs backstage. They got suspended, and then they were brought back just separately. But I think that was a match people were like, well, let's see what, you know, if they can do business together by having a little tiff, if they can be professional. You they know, will. Don't, don't get... work. Don't work. Instead, I, we got, I love you know, Kingston Ishii, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. I mean, I felt bad for Ishii's, like, chest pack that was purple <laughs> within four minutes. Um <laughs> And I love how why... he sold at the end of the show. He's like, get off me. I'm going to stumble back. And, <laughs> oh. and this is why at the end of the day, when when um, when um you sent that Booker thing out, why I was like, how do I still answer Tony Khan? I guess, and I said, I guess I'm going other, please comment. Is he doesn't ignore wrestling. He goes, he made yeah. sure they said it's Kingston Ishii 2. Yep. Part one was not even in that company. But they did allude to it. They Didn't they show clips? I think they did. I can't remember if they did or not. We were watching Siege of the Castle. Still, well, the pre- we stopped. Speaking of wrestling, that's where the wrestling was on on that show. But, <laughs> but like, he, he pays attention and goes, hey, let's make sure we call this number two. Let's give them what they deserve. Yeah. Like that, other companies don't do that. That's why I'm not worried about this. And they set up a rubber match. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. And I'm sure Kingston and EC are fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm again. I'm sad. Yeah. You know, once I realized EC won the first one, I was like, okay, he's gonna lose this one. It's on their turf. I was like, wherever they do the third one, I'm hoping I can either be there or watch it. Because yeah, <laughs> I thought this was just you know a great. Uh, I mean, it was just a. Uh, a miniature hoss battle. It was guys yep. puffing out their chest, and I mean, it, it's everything I love. Uh, I have I was never a big Cornette fan until probably the pandemic when I realized he was very anti-Trump and anti-Republican Party, and I'm like, all right, his first hours of the show, he just rails against them. I was like, I hey, listen to this, and I get some of his points on wrestling because he would mimic a lot of the stuff you have been telling me for over a decade on storytelling on this and that. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get that old school train of thought now. But, you know, some of the stuff I don't agree with, like his Joshi perspective um, or his Puro perspective even. You know, he, he only goes to, like, the Giant Baba days and, like, that's it. He's like, everything else is just blah. You know, his his critique of Okada was, you know, atrocious. He was like, yeah, this guy's supposed to be the best. He's okay, you know. 
I loved what he said about uh, Takeshita. He loved Takeshita a lot. He was like, mm-hmm. this guy's got the size. Looks like a wrestler. Uh, you know, so I'm usually 70-30 with Cornette. Um, but he shit on this match, and I was at the gym listening to it last night, and I was just, I was play, I was doing some medicine ball work, and, like, when he, like, was like, and there's a Tomohiro Ishii, and I was like, I, like, got up and just threw the medicine ball down, like, three times, like, how can he not like this match? <laughs> like, come on. Like, Smokey Mountain like in his prime. I was like, oh. Like, imagine Bruiser Brody versus Ishii. How crazy, I mean, the size difference alone, but how stiff would that match be? Would have yeah. been. <laughs> Fucking brain oh, busters off the top God. rope off a six foot eight dude. Be insane. So, but yeah, I, all out. I'm, I'm looking at all out. Like, I mean, we talked about how great the tag match was in, a, in its own way without doing anything. I don't, I don't necessarily think there's really anything I, I want to talk about on the pay per view. I don't mean to like not like shit on the pay-per-view because it was a good pay-per-view. Now, Kate, now this, I looked at it, this out of the 17 pay-per-views that AEW has had, this one's ranked number 12 on cage match. So other people huh. didn't enjoy it in certain ways either. So it wasn't yeah. just us on things. Um, I just look at it and I go, we got 40 minutes left and we still got other things to talk about. Oh. Yeah, I mean, this is a show... I don't know, like you always say, you know, when we go to these shows live, we're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Um, and then watching this one at home, I was all like, all right, it's going to be a good show until they added like four matches the Friday before. And I'm like, there's how many matches on this show? It was like including the pre. I was like, that's a little ridiculous. That's like some DDT Peter Pan or some like, <laughs> no, it's shit there. I'm like, come on, dude. I mean, this show went along. The women's match was good. Jamie Hayter's a star. Um, yeah. She's just so good. Oh, um, you know. I got one to ask you then when you're done. What? How uh, Luchasaurus is the big show of 2022? <laughs> He's, he no. swerved like three times in two months. Look, Christian worked everyone. Okay. He did. I love that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> how, how synonymous is that with the company at the current moment, by the way? Worked <laughs> everyone. So I was listening to a like immediate reaction show and uh, Joe Lanza proposed this idea and I don't hate it. I just, I don't know if at this point it's going to change anything. So when you, when we watch, you watch Jay Cargill, Athena, she hit the old face on Cargill and the baddies took so long to, Make the same. I thought you were going to have to make Athena new champion. Yeah. Like, so she gets up and she hits Athena with that this like great fucking slam like counter uh, from when she got up. Should have been the three count. I think. Was the three count? Okay, whatever. I get it. You want to get Cardinal to do her move. Um, whatever she the catalyst. I don't even know what the fuck she calls it, but. As that match went on, it got worse and worse. Oh. And worse and worse. And mm-hmm. Jade Cargill, like, I watch her, and her wrestling is not the house style of AEW. She is the epitome of a SmackDown commercial break tile women's wrestler 
where she <laughs> she shouldn't put people on headlocks and put holds on. You agree? Yeah. I yeah. So this was what what he proposed was every dynamite or rampage, whichever one you have her at, you should have an un or an advertised for the house show fans or for the for like the the, the city fans only a Jade Cargill dark match every time she works. And you oh. should put her in there for 15, 20 minutes and see if she can ever learn how to work. And if people leave and boo, who cares? It's not televised. But you can't, yeah. you can't train her to have these matches when if you advertise her on dark or dark elevation, people will watch. And you don't want them to see that. You can't do it on mm-hmm. Rampage because you need her to look dominant, but she's never going to get better. And I, I thought about that. And I was like, That's what a terrible idea. And they used to do dark matches all the time, where they, you know, they they took Cody and Seth and gave them thirty dark matches, so they had all these yep. reps for their pay per view match. Why matches. not every, uh. every week? <laughs> yeah, matches. But why not every single week? Have Cargo work like Serena Deeb or something in a dark match? My question is, it was much publicized. Again, Kenny Omega is running the women's division. Uh, Brian Danielson has been working with her since he's been with the company, so, you know, a little over a year. Uh, I don't know if he's been working with her that whole time. Again, Jay Cargill's the package of a wrestler, yep. Ma- male or female. She can talk. She's got charisma, bravado, what have you. She definitely has the look. It's yeah, just the skills in the ring. I mean, she's gotten better, but there are times you're like, oh, why are you retracting? And to me, I thought <laughs> Athena looked a little bit more sloppier. Um, and I know you pointed it out in your session, like, ah, she's not as good as everyone, you know, hypes her up to be. Well, and since AEW, I was like, you oh. know. Like the injuries. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like that was what close, like, I but... came to my conclusion was it's just she. It's like Suama. She just physically can't do what she used to do. But then why and is she, she still doing all those high moves and like flips off middle ropes and shit? Then <laughs> change your change your moveset then. And like those work, but I mean like there's like sequences she tries to do where in her mind she's done these sequences fifty times, but her body mm-hmm. physically won't all right, I'm gonna drop down, turn out, arm drag, nip up, head flip, drop kick, come back, suicide <laughs> dive, slide back. Like her body just can't do that anymore. Her mind can yeah. still do it. You know, it's it's yeah. like watching Liger at the end of his career, God bless it. I'm I'm seeing him in his mind what he's doing. And it's not happening in real time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love you, Jason Liger. Kaisuke Yamada, Mr. Yamada, stop trying. <laughs> you know, you're killing me. So I'll even so liken I'm... this to the other match where, you know, got cut short, which, you know, the Cargo and Cena match felt longer than, you know, the actual match time itself. But, like, Powerhouse Hobbs. I love yeah. me some Hobbs. I think yeah. this guy two, three years down the line. Is, Give me another one through nine. He's your, he's your future. He's your company. Like Jake Cargill can be. They just need more of those reps, more of that time, the spot shows, what have you. Um, and I thought, you know, just and obviously they're that bigger type of wrestling figure. So, you know, they do need those TV timeouts or whatnot. But I think if you give Starks and Hobbs six, seven, eight more minutes, 
you know, at least give him 15 minutes total for that match, that could have been your, your second best match of the night. That was the biggest letdown for me was the timing and just the finish of that match. It was like, we got to get you out. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that was the more discerning thing for me on that whole show. It was like, that was a match I was like, God, ah, that's like the number three anticipated match for me. Is to see, mm-hmm. you know, how this rivalry, you know, goes. Ricky Starks cuts, you know, a, a emotional promo, you know, it's like I thought you were my friend, you know, but come Sunday, you know, we're no longer friends. I'm like, oh shit, and Hobbs has gotten better, you know, look wise, you know, again in the ring. But it's just I think Hobbs and Cargill are in that boat where I think give them a year of like you were saying, the lands at dark match you know, experiment and just see how progressively better they can mm-hmm. become. And then like I said, essentially, you know, run this company because they have the tools. You know, Hobbs is obviously farther along than Cargill is, um, but man, just those two are they could be the pinnacle of your company. Mm-hmm. They really and, 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 and that that was just, I wanted to bring that up because that was just something that, that really, really intrigued me. I was like, damn, I never thought about that. Just Just give her some dark matches. Why not? Yeah. I was like, shit, that's a brilliant idea. Well, um, but so that's where I was going with my Omega and Danielson thing. I mean, are any of them to blame? Because apparently they're the ones who's been working with her, and we haven't seen that much. Imp- there's a difference where if me and you went in a ring and I showed you how to do a bunch of shit, and then I put you in the and then, and then you got. And then, yeah, and, and not only doing it, but you're getting put in the ring with somebody who's a veteran, and you're yeah. the star. So now yeah. you have to act like the veteran, but you're not the veteran. And you're still going, <laughs> okay, today, today I learned a Greco-Roman fucking knuckle lock and how to bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, how do I call tackle, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss, uh, and then a reverse headlock into another tackle, drop down, leapfrog, arm drag, and then we both throw double drop kicks into a stare down. She could never do that, I don't think. And if no. I and I might be talking shit because I just did it, you know, <laughs> right? Did it? Nah, why can't she do it? Like I don't mean it that way, but like <laughs> I don't think her mind thinks that way yet. Oh. And you're not going to be able to do that until you just go out there and do it. And do you it. Know? Yeah. Think, think of think of it in in our terms, like you know, the first month you work ever in retail. And they tell you this is how they want you to do it, but you don't physically know what you're doing. They can tell yeah. you to do something that doesn't mean it's going to work. But when you figure it out, now you know how to think eight moves ahead. She's not not get. She has not been given a spot to get to that point yet. You know, and the one time she did, she had to get told to stop. You know, she's <laughs> remember remember. I think it was at one of the show, one of the two we went to last year. She she's got Ruby Rojo. And she's like, she's going to give her the fucking glam slam off the middle rope. And she's like, all right, let's go upstairs. And no. I was like, no, we're not going upstairs. <laughs> like, so like, she's thinking like big picture, but like, it's like, wait, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We're not doing that. The tools aren't there yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. and I want it to be there. I fucking love Jane Cargill, man. She is everything like you said. Mm-hmm. So you just got to get her there. Yeah. So best match of the night, obviously, at All Out, the uh, AEW Tag Team Championship oh. match with our glory. 
retaining against the acclaimed. The acclaimed are Send still over. Daddy. Uh, <laughs> I love that shirt. I um, I yelled that in public now, and people floor. are like, I put my yeah. two fingers up, and Doof flew off my couch and started just scissoring my hand. Oh, I love it. And mind you, Brian Clucker it. hasn't seen any of these guys, and all he does is shit talk Strickland and Lee because all I do is put him over. So he just shit talks them and yeah. shit talk them. When by the end of this match, he's like, "Holy shit, these this crowd is so hot." He's like, "These guys are incredible." I'm like, "I fucking told you this. I've been telling you to watch these guys, man." What What would you say was the, if you had to give our, our listeners? three matches to watch from this pay-per-view. What would you tell them to watch besides the tag match? I'm looking and I would, I would say the Punk Moxley match. So um, I had, I had two matches at four and a half and one at four star, not counting. So I went four on Kingston ECE. Otherwise, okay. um, that would have been Elite Dark yeah. Order, I went four and a half. You went four and a half on that one, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, huh. look at the I end mean, of the day. It was enjoyable. I mean, it was everything that, you could have predetermined. I mean, honestly, uh, you could you could have said the moves that I did, you know, ten minutes before they would happen. But no, I thought it was an enjoyable match. I just thought it was funny how you know they're making this the inaugural championship match, and it's the second match on the card. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, what? Well, uh, don't forget uh, Kenny and Kenny and Hangman Young Bucks was the second match of Revolution, which opened our show. True, As we true. tied true. back to 90 minutes ago. Um, yeah. But one I of just, the best matches look, I've ever seen. At the end of the day, the Young Bucks and Kenny are, there's a reason why I don't care what anyone says. They're they're in a, a true elite status that nobody else is in. The matches they have are, it's like Will Ospreay. You're just, you're yeah. not going to have a bad match, you know? And I tell you what, that one wing angel small package counter that John Silver did I was like, no, oh, God, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Silver, I, I honestly thought Silver um, or, or Johnny Hungy was definitely the MVP of that match because they made him look powerful. I'm like, oh, he's going to get, no, he rolled out of it. Or, oh, he counted this. And I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. Where I thought they were going to win for like a split second. <laughs> I was like, oh, my and, God, Dark Order is going to win this match. You know, and, and one thing, too, that, uh, that I always, I always, a say about yeah, dude. I oh man, that fucking counter. I I'm picturing it in my head now, just how great that counter was. Like, oh my god. Um, pe- people, I don't think realize. Too at the end of the day, and I'll say it this way for for old school fans, I don't think people realize or remember how good the Beaver Boys really are. Alex Reynolds and John Silver, they are really good workers, and. When you put him with Hangman, you had six guys that I could go, and one of them was hurt, and Alex Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds, yep. That match was really good. And I'll tell you what, we talked the trios. I went four and a half on the other trios match, too. I am drooling over FTR Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, that's going to be pretty freaking rad. I, I will agree with that one. I, I liked it, but like I said, there's just too many trios matches on this card where I'm like, that's a dynamite match. That's like a main event dynamite match or something like that or your opener. But I think that what, was just what my help too is they they gave us all the wild tag shit we wanted to see. 
But at the end of the day, they they made sure Wardlow left a star. Four power bombs yeah. on lethal, and the, arguably ends the feud. Although I was like, oh my god, FTR Bald's daughter is not gonna be able to break the pencil. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this isn't gonna be good. She ain't gonna break the pencil. Two things. <laughs> But it, yeah, I just and I knew I was gonna mark anyway because I've been a machine guns mark for you know fifteen twenty years as it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is way better without Dutt and Satnam singing it. But yeah, that Starks Hobbs, I I love that spinebuster finish. You don't need to have Ricky Starks win right now, and he'll be totally no, fine. I agree. And that's where at the end of the day, I I trust Tony Khan with this company. That was one of the better yeah. dynamites we've seen in a long time, I think. Oh, last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he that. took all ten of those guys who were in that small locker room, by the way, you know, because they were in a locker room, ten people. Um, told them I'll go home and put on a hell of a show about them. That, to me, showed exactly that nobody's bigger than the company. And John Moxley, yeah. once again, adding to my, is he low-key becoming wrestler of the year after that run saving, that, that title saving run when Punk got hurt? That promo he cut last night? Oh, I thought you were going to give me shit when I, when I posted that. That was the most, what did I say? I was like, oh, my God. Um, I said that was the most influential promo in the history of any promotion in 40 years. <laughs> I was like, Ryan's going to shit on me so hard. You know, that. So I, I thought it was a really great promo. I thought it was that fire. Um, I saw someone even liking it to The Rock when Austin walked out. So the Lesnar incident where The Rock was like, you know, if you want to be here, get the F out. You know, said yeah. all that shit. And I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with that, actually. It was, it was a good spark where, like you said, it was a reset. You know, he's like, I'm supposed to be on vacation, but, hey, this company's paying me a lot of money. I'm doing this and that. And, you know, I will continue to hold the torch. I mean, when it comes down to it, yeah, the elite, Cody – Hangman, you know, they're all the forefathers of this. Moxie was brought in, you know, when his contract was up, you know, months later, you know, five months into the creation of AEW. Uh, but honestly, when it's all coming down, I mean, on that Rushmore, you're going to have Chris Jericho and you're going to have John Moxley, either as the one or two of what All Elite Wrestling was, is, and will be all about when, you know, when it's all said and done 10, 15 years down the line, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And MJF showed everything anyone that we've ever said. He is a star. Yeah. They want him to be a baby face. Just like that, they can do it. Yeah. And he played uh, to it. He played up to it. He played up to it. And then he was like, nope, takes the jersey off. <laughs> this time, you know, just Shut goes down. back to Shut. him. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Well, that was all out in the media scrum. Um, <laughs> I mean, I watched um, a few matches on NXT. Uh, I really loved I, the opener. I didn't watch with Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes. I did watch the women's match, um, which I, I'm sure you know what happened, right, with the, the three-way for the unification. I, I I believe I heard Mandy Rose won, but I was trying to avoid spoilers. Cause I still then I'm watch. not going to Correct. But no, um, I will say, though, Hayes and Ricochet, uh, give me number two, give me number three, because I could watch those guys go 
<laughs> Carmelo. Again, put him on that main roster, 2023. That guy's gold. That guy is good, and he's young, and he's hungry, and he's still learning. That's the scary part. And during the whole Ricochet thing, I was like, hey, I gave that dude bracelets, Russell Cash Radio. The night he flew in <laughs> at Florida Spot Show, an hour and a half from where I was at in Tampa. So, crazy, crazy. Let's go. The Clash so of the fun, Castle, though. man. Holy shit. Is the WWE back, Ryan? Are we, I know you said hold off on the uh, Triple H love. But, man, did we get some great wrestling. And to me, a match of the year candidate, even though you highly disliked it, which I'm severely surprised. Um, but I will say my favorite match of the whole weekend, uh, if not within the last couple of, well, American wrestling-wise, last couple of months, because uh, I, I, I stand me some Will Ospreay, uh, Kuzuchika Okada, uh, G1 final gimmick. Um, but Gunther and Sheamus, Felt like Dave Ritter said, like a WrestleMania match. It was in that stadium. The introductions alone, when Imperium came back in full force, it's like, oh, are they going to strip off and it's going to say Ring Conf? Nope, that's cool. Imperium's back. They'll wear a threesome. And then when they were introducing Walter or Gunther, I was like, are they gonna? like, I'm popping in my living room at like 3.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday after drinking some wonderful drinks and doing some other fun stuff, eating delicious food. And I'm thinking, is he going back to Walter? Is he going back to Walter? And when they announced Gunther, I was like, okay, I'm still fine with that. Let's fucking go. And shame it felt like a big deal. Like I said, this was the past, the present, and the now of Brit wrestling. It was like, a, it was like hey, you remember when we ran this shit? You know, you remember progress. You remember what Jameis was doing this in the mid-2000s. Like, they gave him time, Ryan. That's the most important thing you can do for great wrestlers. Sheamus was supposed to retire last year or two years ago or what have you. And this guy is just getting his ass kicked, and he's trying to do his clubs. And, he, you know, Gunther's getting out of it. And then power bombs, and you're just like, oh, I think Sheamus is dead. Or, oh, I think Gunther might be – it was just – it was just a battle like no other. It just felt like big-time wrestling. And this is the match I recommend people to watch more so than any match. Besides the tag match at All Out. But Gunther and Sheamus, man, that just... I don't know if that was 20 minutes, 25 minutes. That could have been a damn Broadway, and I would have been smiling ear to ear. I watched that shit again, and I was still smiling ear to ear. That was wonderful. Damage control. I love how they got the win. Um, I love how Belair got pinned. Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, the best faction in all of professional wrestling right now. Stamp it. Yeah, I was three and a quarter on that opener. I know, I know you said I hate shit. Could you hate women? I was, I was four and three quarters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I hated Gunther, Sheamus, at four and three quarters. God, can you imagine how much I hated the women at three and a quarter? Just a show. But think, can you really imagine how much I hate Liv Morgan when I gave her a two? God. Ooh, you gave that match a two? How did she win? How? How? I, do you want, do you want to know? It, but why? I get uh, it. I have uh, Morgan via something. <laughs> Professional MMA UFC fight. I don't know if Listen. it was uh, Shayna Bates was MMA or UFC. But legit brawlers, she's beaten. What does this mean? Again, I know it's pro wrestling. 
white shit, Ryan. I understand that things have been better, and there's that there's continuity, but that still yep. doesn't mean they're good storylines. That's what I'm trying to get across. <laughs> it's like I understand. <laughs> oh, Trip, save us, Hunter, save us. I get that, and it's look. Yeah. I've watched every Raw since Vince has retired. I I can honestly say that, but. Just because they have continuity doesn't mean it's good. When when big Dom Toro right material, direction. what's that? I said it's a step in the right direction, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not what it has direction. been for the last eight years. But when Liv Morgan beat Shayna Baszler, who beat her ass for ninety four percent of the match, with yeah. a move where she jumps and lands on the middle rope and falls backwards and pulls her with her, and that Pins knocks her, her out? And that knocks her out, yeah. That was my big complaint. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. And look, I was like, this, I, was like look yeah. I understand you're, you're a, oh, man, the judgment day. Let's that judgment day. You know, Rhea Ripley just turned out Dom Mysterio and brought him on stage. You know, I was like, oh, she better start fucking him, like, in the rampway if she turned him out, like she said. He comes out oh, looking like a, like a fucking idiot. I was laughing. So I was like, man, my new rib is Don Mysterio's tight. I'm just going to tell people he's tight as fuck. With his black vest <laughs> and his black pants and his slick back mullet and his awful work punch or something else. I will say this, though, Ryan. You know how much I severely dislike Ray Mysterio. You know how much I severely dislike Damian Well, I don't severely dislike Damian Priest. But you know my, my thoughts on, on the Mysterios um, <laughs> and this reincarnation of Edge. I really like that tag match. I thought it was a hell of a fun. Uh, it was obvious what was going to happen when they were, he was, Dominic was standing there awkwardly with his <laughs> hair. And like, okay, this is an edge oversold the dick kick or punch or whatever, you know, how he went down, but I loved it. Um, but when he forcefully lariated, lariated his dad onto the, onto that mat, it was like, boom. I was like, okay, that was, but the tag match so itself, like I, I had a good time with edge of Mysterio. You could call it nostalgia feels, what have you. Um, but I thought that was fun. I loved hearing the crowd sing Edge's music. I loved Edge's gimmick. Um, I, I don't know. You know me. I'm not, Look, I'm not the biggest fan of the Judgment Day and this Finn Balor. I love me some Rhea Ripley, as we all do. Um, mm. So that that it's a cool gimmick within that front because of her and the storyline with Dom and now where it's going to go. Um, is it too out. soon? Maybe, but I had fun with that tag match. I truly, truly did. Um he, that was the stiffest thing Dominic's done in his life. Was that Lariat? To his own father. My knee. He's like, why did you kick him in the crotch? No. Dom. No. Ed, Ed, no. Dom. Ed is your tío. That is your uncle. What are you doing? <laughs> He's screaming at him and shit. I'm, I'm laughing at Stanley. That is your tío. Ah, what are you doing to him? <laughs> I'm I'm crying. I'm in tears. I'm like, yeah, my head, all, funny. all I'm thinking of is just because it's a story doesn't mean it's a good story. 
sorry. And then he's laring it up. And I'm on flip my kitchen table over when he hit that Larry. And I was like, holy fuck, he killed him. Damn. What if Sydney does that to you in 10 years? <laughs> I will power slam his You know what, Dad? What doesn't help is Dom nine inches taller than his dad. I'm <laughs> wrong. He's standing there and he's like, look at me, Dom. And Dom's just staring in the ring and he's so short he really can't look at him. I was crying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, like I said, I'm watching. I'm at least paying attention. I yeah. and, and here's the thing: it's, is it's like I said before. The reason everyone's putting it over is because everybody wants it to be good. And if you act like it's good, you'll enjoy it more. That's just how a lot of that shit goes, you know. Look at Jack Swagger. I acted like he was the greatest wrestler in the world because I wanted him to be good. Was he good? Yeah. Not really, but I was so hyped for him, he was more enjoyable because in my mind I tricked myself into thinking he was good. Yeah, I even got you uh, figure. that action figure, and you mm-hmm. burned it. I didn't burn it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you oh. mentioned damage control. Uh, who, do you remember who they lost the tag titles with, or two, or that uh, in that juror who won the tag titles, the other or the the team that's the champs? Yeah, Raquel Gonzalez and that Aaliyah chick. Yep. Can you tell me uh, who or who was in Aaliyah's first ever uh, uh, match on NXT? Was it Io Shirai? It was a six-woman tag. I'll tell you that much. Oh, okay. Then no, I do not. So it was the team of Devin Taylor, Cassie, who would Cassie oh. would be Peyton Royce, and yeah. Carmella, uh, losing to the team of Jasmine, who is Aaliyah, Alexa Bliss, and Lena, who would go on to become Nia Jax. Yeah, wow. So was this like 2014, 15? Aaliyah has been in development since June 20th, 2015. Jesus Christ, I was about to say. (laughs) It took seven plus years. This is, that's like a longer excursion than showing your (laughs) Man, where's, where's Kojima talking shit about that? Uh, Walter's or sorry, Gunther's only thirty-five. Um, <laughs> Masami Odate though, thirty-two years old. Who? Uh, Masami Odate, or maybe it's pronounced Odate Masami. Are they? I've never heard of that person. Are they tight? Oh, it's it's Yoshirai's real name. Oh. <laughs> uh, Angelo Dawkins, and also. I like but, how Dakota Kai was once known as King Kota. She's the 34. Yeah, that was that was. And she was a developmental for a long time too. Let's be real. Well, well but no, she, she was injured her, all the time. She made her <laughs> debut at the the, the May Young Classic. Dakota Kai did. Yeah, she was Evie. There we go. Yep. So we you, go. Want talk, you want to talk long term? Angelo Dawkins wrestled his first yep. ever match of his life. 
uh, in NXT. Are, so his he's never wrestled on the Indies once. His debut match was, was it FCW. Uh, yeah, it was December twentieth, two thousand twelve, against Madman Fulton from Impact. <laughs> and then didn't that guy Jan- got in an Impact angle? Wasn't that that guy? <laughs> I think so. And then January third, his second match, he worked a house show in Tampa, where him and Charlotte Flair lost to some Russian girl named Anya and Yoshi Tatsu. Wow. Bleep that guy, Yoshitatsu. Think of how long some of these people have been developmental. It's crazy. I love how, though, Pete Dunn's only 28. So plenty of time for Butch. I'm glad they gave him his gimmicks back, at least. Oh, he's back as uh, Pete Dunn? He's still Butch. Or his singlet. Yeah, he's got the singlet. I think he went the Walter route and said, just take, I'm fine with the name because I don't want to give up Pete Dunne, but can I at least wrestle in my gear? Yeah, but do you think Trips is going to be like, hey, we own your name forever? I don't think he's going to be like that anymore. No, but Nick Khan's going to be, and he owns the other half of the company, and he controls that aspect, and you're not going to step on his toes. (laughs) Yeah. Think, think about it. If I'm Triple H and they're giving me this much control, why step on him and Steph's side of the company? True. That's you know what point. I mean? Like, like I, I, I could, like, I believe you. Where it's he doesn't want that to happen, but I also think he's smart enough to know where he should and shouldn't step his boundaries. Yeah. And I honestly, I think he's doing everything right so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I definitely am not hating it. I just. I, I want people to, to just just calm down and just think about some of the things that we still see. <laughs> you know, like, Kurt well, like I'm looking at these run times at Clash of the Castle, and I, I would say the average run time, you know, the main event got 30 minutes, of course. I didn't mind the main event. Um, you know, I think there was one time where it got me. I was like, oh, shit, McIntyre might win. Um, I'd say the average for, for matches were probably like 14, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so, you get the they're other, so you know, easy you, to get in and get out. The other matches like, were like 19, 19, 11, 12, and, and 17. Yeah, that's the one positive with these shows. If you fast forward over things, you can get done with this in two hours. Yeah. And half the shit was the cool entrances. So, I mean, I didn't mind, you know. I was like, oh, it was a breeze show. It was a fun show. Rollins and Riddle. I love how Rollins keeps beating Riddle. Um, where he was the one who kept losing to Cody. I love that. Um, what did you think of that real-life uh, insertion within that, sto- uh, that feud the Monday prior where, you know, he brought up his, you know, his ex-wife and her taking the kids and all that. And then, of course, you know, they were doing Come the on, bitch. swearing. Come on, bitch. What, what did you think of that? Yeah. I'm going to beat your fucking I'm ass. I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Where are you? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I didn't see the match. That was the only match I didn't see the show. Um, but that, yeah, that shit was pretty funny. Because you were getting derbed up? Uh, no, because then uh, Kingston came out with Ishii. Oh, shit. Oh, the I'm new uh, Glee, uh, The Great version 2032 came out yesterday. Zeus working the show. Let's fucking go. Oh, stepping away from um, selling neckties. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was a much better show than 
than I, I expected it to be. Normally, these like yeah. blood money type out of the country shows are horrific. Yeah. So I, I definitely, definitely like that. Uh, some, somebody said, um, don't forget about the promo from December 29th of 1990 by Sergeant Slaughter. President Saddam Hussein did not evade Kuwait. He conquered Kuwait. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give credit Hello. to who that came from. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Texas Yosh. <laughs> God bless America. God um, bless America. So what did you, so, you think of the G1 final, by the way? Osprey and, and, uh, and Okada. Can I give you my thoughts after I watch it? Whoa, you saw the guy. When did you turn into me? Jesus. All right, look. Well, look, to be fair, you school. watched uh, N1. Yep. Huh? I had, I back between back to school and N1, I had to give my time yeah. to N1. Um, no, I, mean, I, I agree. I, I I will get that watch so I can get you know so I can get everything graded. And, Wait, and do you know who won that? Yeah, Okada won. <laughs> I knew he was going to win the G1. That was part of the reason why like I didn't have interest in the G1 is because it was so obvious Okada was winning. It was obvious. I mean, I like like I said, I picked everything. I, I said Tom Tiger is going to win, B Block, and I love it. And then Naito will win because they'll just do it. And then I think I, I said Osprey. Might win, but I think he's gonna not win, and it's gonna be Juice, and that's the only one I got wrong. Yeah, that was the only one you got wrong. You're right. Yep. You know, but it was it was so obvious. My, and it was smart booking. So my thing is, we're gonna go back to Kenny Omega. We're gonna go back to um, Will Osprey, just for the fact that you know, of course, they had their quote, you know, their their shoot work shoot beef, you know, online over the years. You know, of course, I'm hoping it's working into a dome mess, depending on what happens with this all elite uh, media scrum, you know, aftermath and what have you. Uh, you know, Osprey, what is it? You know, he has like what 19 or 23 five star matches that he has. Will Osprey does. I think Omega, what he's, you know, probably right up there. I don't have his stats here at the moment. Um, but Will Ospreay to have 23, uh, it looks like he's tied with uh, Kenta Kabashi and Okada, uh, where Masawa has 25. Um, I guess I could look up Omega here really quick. But say in the annals of, of pro wrestling, Puro or American, who's going to be remembered more, Kenny Omega or Will Ospreay? Because Will Ospreay has put in damn good matches along with Kazucha Okada, who is that that measuring stick in the mm-hmm. last decade, you know, as we said, he is the wrestler of the 2010s of the aughts, if you will. Omega, of course, had his classics, but Osprey, I think, has had more matches with Okada than Omega has. But when it all comes down to it, in the in the lore of Puro, in the lore of you know this era of wrestling, the flippity flops, if you will, who's going to be remembered as the better wrestler? It's so hard because, like, the business Okada has done for New Japan and the business, you could say, Omega has done over here, has mm-hmm. Will has done that in Europe, but he hasn't – Will Osprey's problem, I think, is he's never 
generated revenue in America. But isn't it bigger that he did it overseas, especially in Japan as a gaijin to be over? But then again, you yeah. can throw Juice Robinson in that same, you know, <laughs> comment where it's like, wow, these people are really behind this guy. But you also got to look at, too, as in the same thing, yes, overseas, but overseas you could also call it as the U.K., you know, I mean, look at look at that Red Pro. Yeah. I still gotta watch that. By the way, I have a link for it. I'll send it to you on Facebook Messenger. Um, I found a link okay. to um, the two Red Pro shows from last weekend or two weekends ago. But it's Osprey and Speedball in the main event. When was this? Yeah, uh, two weeks ago in Red Pro. Mike Bailey is whoa. Osprey. And you know where I have Mike Bailey on my wrestler of the year right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, and this was right after the G1 final. And Osprey comes up to kind of promo at the beginning of the show, and the crowd is chanting, fuck Okada. <laughs> it's <laughs> wild. But I guess, like, this doesn't necessarily answer your question, but I do think, because I don't, I don't have a good answer, so I want to just bullshit it, but I do think that with the booking that New Japan does, and at the end of the day, I think that's what Osprey's goal. I think next year he finally wins the G1. And I think 2024 Dome, a la Naito 2020, he finally beats mm-hmm. Okada clean. Because he, he yeah. that's his Achilles heel. He can't beat Okada. And for everybody who's he did the whole boy, Okada thing where he sat in the ramp and he cried. Yeah. And he's like, what do I do? Oh, and, and, and to everybody who says, well, he beat him in the G1 two years ago and stopped him. From... Okay, Great Ocon beat him, not Osprey. Great Ocon came out went and, and joined the group and beat him up. It's the yep. same thing when people go, well, Naito beat, beat Ocon for the title for a month. Yeah, he did, but Sonata joined LIJ. He didn't clean beat him. And then Ocon went on to just re-beat him and hold it for a year and a half. <laughs> so I think Osprey wins the G, this, the next year, even though I know we're going a year ahead, but he finally gets to win at 2024 uh, Dome. If you watch mm-hmm. United Empire, they are that 2019-2020 uh, LIJ where they're supposed to be heels, but they're baby faces. Mm-hmm. If, if, does that make sense? Like, they're heels, but the crowd's behind them. Oh, Okan is, I mean, he's bar none. Yeah. Good good in the ring. He's great with the promos. He's good on the memes. He loves his Joshis. Um, He wrestled in Noah. (laughs) You know, like, and then he gets misted by his, you know, his partner. Um, (laughs) But I, I love Okan. Like, I remember, you're like, this guy's great. You know, he did big stuff in Red Pro. And then, you know, he gets his... It was a dome match, right, against Tanahashi, and he loses. And I'm yep. like, who's, what do you mean? This guy's losing his first match. And it's like, who's this guy, Jay <laughs> so White? Pissed. He could well, be this Jay won. White, you know, in a year. Goddamn huh? Tanahashi beating these guys in their debuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to start taking those bets because, Jesus, I, I still haven't learned. But, no, I mean, the great Okada is, is just so good, so animated, and he just does not give a shit, and he's just having fun out there. And it's just such an opposite of a Will Ospreay or an Aussie Open of their demeanor. You know, like in the ring, where it's like they're serious. They want to put on the best match. Okan's like, I just want to get paid and get laid. You know, he's like, that's all I care about. 
Like, everything I do is horny, horny, horny. So, I mean, uh, yeah, United Empire is just a, a fun faction. If they ever get Blair Davenport, especially with the stardom. And New Japan crossover shows that we haven't talked about, Ryan. Um, with the new uh, IWGP Women's Championship, which I would like to get your, your quick thoughts on. Um, it, 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 it's so much fun. I, I think you're right. It's the LIJ now of like, oh, these are some good wrestlers. They're having fun. Let's enjoy it mm-hmm. with them. Uh, welcome to anybody who got kicked off and you're now listening to the podcast. This is the normal over uh, the, the, the aftercast that always happens. Uh, welcome, welcome. Um, there are – oh, God, where was I going to go? I, oh, I did. I did. Side, side note, give a shout-out to Brian Klecker, who I uh, the other day, the back of my head – was extremely wet with my hair and I couldn't get it dried, so I just let it dangle. And I put the top half inside of my hair into a man bun <laughs> above my hair. So I had a man bun with long hair and my beard. And I yeah. walk into work and Brian goes, Hey man, I don't mean to boost your ego because that's the worst thing anyone could do. He goes, But you fucking look like Jay White. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. Why really? You take a he picture? goes, he goes, yeah, you look like Jay White, dude. And uh, 10 minutes later, this woman comes up to us, and she's like, you know, I'm supposed to buy these two, 243, 244 cartridges, and I'll see them on the floor. And I'm like, because it's 245, 246. They just merged them into those and other things. And she goes, she goes well, I, I don't know that. I said, well, I'm telling you, that's, that's the right answer. And she goes, well, how do you know it's the right answer? And I said, well, a couple reasons. I said, if you look at the box, it says, <laughs> It says comparable or comparable to 243, 244. I'm showing her, and she goes, oh. So they say it. She goes, what's the other reason? I go, well, ma'am, it's my era. She goes, huh? <laughs> and I was like, it's my era. And Brian walks away from the register because he knew exactly awesome. why I was doing it. And she goes, totally. oh. All right, well, I guess I'll listen to you. And then Gretchen, my old, old lady cashier, starts ringing the lady up. And as I walk away, I turn, and the woman's not looking at me. And I do the blade across my neck in front of when my cashier's looking at me, confused as all hell. I just leave. <laughs> was that meant for me? <laughs> that lady's like, what? I was like, it's my era. What does that you mean? Father death? <laughs> also, Brian shout out to, like, uh, now I got to get you this shirt that just uh-huh. came out a few days ago. Number one asset and last rock and roller and single handedly and king switch and grand slam and leader and catalyst and breathe. Period. The back of the shirt just states, still my era. Let's go. If you get Jay White and Will Ospreay on AEW TV, and if you give Jay White the proper presentation, because I mean, I thought his stuff was, you know. It was good, but I think if he would have had more time and given like a three, four month excursion, hell, give it a six month excursion. That guy's your top uh, tweener, like no other. He's like an MJF where you're like, wow, just imagine that mic battle. You know, just imagine <laughs> that where you know it's all about the sauntering and playing to the crowd and saying fuck the crowd, and you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like let's go with that match there, and then you just throw Osprey like you said. With you know, with his action in the ring and his emotions and him loving the sport of of wrestling, uh, it's just something that yeah, I know Kevin Nash was like, how's his merch sales? 
Well, dude, you just lucked and, you know, you were able to, you know, use people and get your way and just, you know, come about this NWO thing by happenstance. You know, so, I mean, you can tout that, whatever. Um, but but what Osprey has done in the ring and what do you – I mean, I don't I, – you know, you always hear they don't generate too much in Japan. Uh, you know, these guys don't make as much money as, you know, of course they do over here. Um, but it's just, man, you put those two guys in American audiences, you know, almost week by week, and you got two of the biggest stars that could change American wrestling, I think, um, if given the proper time and the proper views. Well, I, I still use this as an example when, when if anyone ever says, well, Shane White, you know, McKinney do it as a babyface. Watch his final Ring of Honor match, yep. uh, Death Before Dishonor 15, from uh, September of 2017. He has a Las Vegas street fight against Punishment Martinez. And he, he loses in 14 minutes. But as a babyface in that match, you knew he was done with an excursion and we'll never see him again. Yeah. I mean, then he did go on to debut two months later as the knife pervert and then lose to Tana. But that's okay. You remember, you remember we thought it was Jericho? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like... Um, you remember we thought Death Rider was Jericho? <laughs> yeah, that was Moxley. No. Really? Wait. And then Jericho came out just like as none of those gimmicks. They're like, oh, yeah. It's just Jericho. Didn't we think... Creepy. CM Punk out for eight months with an injury, suspension, or leaving of the company. Um, is he done? Do you think he's honestly just done yeah. with wrestling? Yeah. I just was it's... this a, was this a, a, was this a win, a fail, or an in between for all of the wrestling for let's be real, a course of the year. This was a win that took a really shitty ending. This was like a really good movie that ended awful. And you're like, well, that sucked. Yeah. It's, um, God, okay. Can I, is it, am I okay to give an analogy even if I don't believe in it? Like, I yes. think the analogy is horseshit, but it's what most people think. So I yeah. by no means agree with this because I think, I think you and I don't remember if you, you what side you were on with this. That's fine. But everyone else can kiss my ass. But CM Punk was <laughs> Game of Thrones. Ooh. An incredible journey that ended awful. Which I loved the last <laughs> season. Y'all can suck my dick. <laughs> That's beside the point. I still liked it. But according to most people, I think that's what CM Punk was. It was this, okay. incredible, this incredible journey. And then it just ended awful. Also, shout out to David Otunga. I saw him this morning when I watched uh, the new episode of She-Hulk at 2 a.m. Oh, because he's a lawyer in real life? No, he, he's a Tinder match. But isn't that true about lawyers and he's a lawyer in real life? Yeah, I mean, that's true. He is a lawyer in, in real life. I've yet to watch that show. I've yet to watch any Miss Marvel, too, which I'm kind of bummed. Yeah, like I said, I did. I finished Moon Knight. I did the first two Miss Marvel today. And then I watched all four. I think there's going to be nine She-Hulks because the finale okay. is the 13th of October. So, like, going off, there's five more weeks. So, today was a My four. thing with Moon Knight, if that would have been a two-and-a-half-hour movie, that would have been perfect. 
It was just like the show was like, all right, you're stretching, you're stretching. Cool, you're stretching. Huh? Who's this? She's back. Cool. It's over? Huh? And that's like, all right, well, I guess. But, yeah, I thought that could have easily been a regular Marvel two-and-a-half-hour movie, and it would have got the point across. You know it comes out in five hours, right? What day is it? Is it Friday? Better call it all. No, motherfucker, that's done. Five hours I'm talking about Pinocchio on Disney Plus with Tom No, that came out out today at 2 a.m. Oh. 2 a.m. Did you watch it? No, I I ain't watching that shit. I ain't watching no little... You hate kids becoming donkeys? (laughs) At at 2 a.m. five hours from now on Netflix, season five of Cobra Kai. Oh, I've yet to watch season three and four of Cobra Kai. You know, for some reason, I love the first like, two. I've been the shit out of them, and all of a sudden, fucking, there's a season five. I I don't know. The, the don't biggest know. like you're you are like me with I'm like the biggest Noah snob to you being the biggest movie TV snob, and you have watched Cobra Kai three and four. I mean. To be fair, I only saw the first Karate Kid movie, and I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah, but you were young as shit. That's different. That's true. You don't know about Okinawa? What <laughs> <laughs> you know about Okinawa, son? What do you know about Okinawa, Okra. son? <laughs> that's, that's like, uh, to be fair, though, me coming at you going, how did you not watch Stream 4? Is you like, how did you not watch the G1 final? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh. So then, yeah, like, how did I watch more G one than Ryan? Four uh, nights and one match. Like, yeah. Jesus. Meanwhile, I'm the guy who would have like a written board on his wall so he can write down the nightly results and shit. Yeah, I failed miserably. Um, no, all right, Noah. Oh, no. Noah, and one here. I'm starting to sweat. I need to get my AC on. I want to watch some football, but we want to, we got to talk about this here. Noah yeah. Edward final. Uh, Kiyomiya and Suzuki. Um, I, I know what you're talking about because let me see. One, two, three, four, oh, sorry, five. Sorry, sorry. You said you said Kaito. Sorry. <laughs> Kiyomiya. So oh. a third a third of my um my my paragraph, right? Yeah. So I have Kiyomiya works over Suzuki to start the match. Suzuki already starting to complain. Go figure. Great chain wrestling. Suzuki gets the advantage as Kiyomiya moves into a corner. More mat work as Suzuki has, has a waist lock in now. This match is very slow. <laughs> like, that was immediately where it went into. Yeah. I was like, now, did you see uh, the final stretch was hot? When he hit that apron, belly to backside suplex on Kiyomiya, where he stood on the apron and just walked off of it and suplexed him onto it? Mm, yes. That, that I did see. Kiyomiya was screaming like he really, like, got shot. Like, that was, that had to have been a shoot, like, shoot pain. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was disgusting. Then Suzuki hit him with that avalanche butterfly, which was awesome. Hits him with that kick to the chest. He goes for it again, hits a dragon through the wizard. But then Suzuki, um, 
he had said butterfly suplex where he had him straight in the air like a death rider and brought him down. And and uh Kiyomiya did not kick out nicely. Like it was like two and like nine point nine. Like I thought they got it. And then Kiyomiya did the Dragon Rana, which is really good. And Suzuki refused to let him get his legs, so he only got two and a half. Um, mm-hmm. but then he two wizards were instead of like hitting you with his knee, he grabbed his head and drove his head into his knee both times and got the win. So the ending stretch was hot. But then the yeah. beginning of the match, I was like, oh my God, this is so boring. <laughs> oh my God, I was bored. Who, who was your MVP of the N1? Man. Who was your most surprising entrant? Who was your MVP and who was your most disappointing? Most surprising entrant was Jack Morris. Yeah. Very awesome. Didn't you didn't you say he got like two wins out the gate? He beat Kiyomiya night one with uh Tiger Driver. That's right, yeah, he beat Kiyomiya. Uh, most like disappointing. Probably Mochizuki. He went like two and five. Um, well, no. Okay, if I'm going most disappointing, it's going to be on matchability. Okay. Uh, my most disappointing was probably Hideki Suzuki. Ooh. Because there was so many matches, he just laid there and did nothing. It didn't sell for his opponents. Drove me nuts. Hmm. Um, I think the best in-ring work had to have gone to Kia probably Kano or Nakajima. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but, like, their matches were so mm-hmm. good. And they, they deliver every night. Um, I think Kiyomiya had fun. a great tournament. Kiyomiya was in my match of the tournament, him and Masa Kiyomiya. Oh, nice. That was the best the match of the whole I tournament. I get confused when I'm talking. I'm like, is it Kiyomiya or Kitamiya? Which one? No. <laughs> but I'm a Kitamiya guy, so I should know that. Yeah, that, that match was tremendous. Um, but, I mean, all in all, it was a good tournament. Like, I enjoyed it. I had fun covering it. And yeah, now shout out to all the listeners. Uh, Noah, Stuart Fulton, and, and the other guy, I apologize. Mark Pickering. There we go. There we go. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, they, they put us over the, the official Pro Wrestling Noah Twitter, retweeted us a few times. So I appreciate the you know all the put over it was awesome. Um, can't yeah. wait to see what happens next. Uh, Hideki Suzuki and Kano now for the title at their November uh, Dome show, I believe. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting. Um, and then real quick before we go, Dragon Gate today had their first show, uh, the first cork and show to have cheering fans. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Uh, after football, because I want to see how the crowd, how how hard it is for them to warm up, I guess is where I'm going. But uh, next, or coming up in 11 days, uh, Champions Gate. Uh, yes. I believe it's Champions, no, Dangerous Gate, excuse me. Uh, Dangerous Gate is on the 19th. Um, I hope next week we get a card so we can preview it. But I hate that Ata is not in a faction, because... Like you try, usually you build up these these one on one matches through you know the faction matches and shit like that. And um, Madoka Kakuda joined but didn't join Diaz. Um, he he said he'll be a 
like an assistant to Hearts, but he doesn't want to be in their group. So basically like an affiliated member, but not in their group, even though people are hoping that uh, he joins and him and Dragon Dia become Dia ass as a tag team with his big butt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with eight not having a group, he's just kind of in these rando filler tag matches against DRs and, I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same to me. I don't know how up and up you are with Dragon Gate, but I don't know, man. This was the, the summer of Aita for me, and I don't care about this match. You've been with the Noah shit that you didn't like? I hate the Noah shit. But that's what I'm saying. How is it going to be the summer of Aita? The guy has been, he's just been spending time in Noah and being without well, a fashion. That, well, that, that's more my joke is the, the, the last day of summer September 21st. The show is the 19th. Gotcha. So technically, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, right here, uh, Captain's Fall, eight-man tag. Hayata, Yoshinari Ogawa, Yuya Susumu, and Kai Fujimura. Took on Nosawa, Rongai, Eita, Kotaro, Suzuki, and Super Crazy. I went one and a half stars on the last night of the tournament. Wow. Dog shit. Go huh. Shiyazaki, Hideki, Suzuki, two and three quarters because of fucking Shiyazaki. Lazy as fuck. I mean, Suzuki, lazy as fuck. Damn it. But, uh, yeah. no, I, 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 I don't know. Should I be worried about this Aita Yuki Yoshioka match, or is this going to deliver? <sighs> or D-Cords, not DR. I think it's going to deliver. We, we know where it's going to go. But I think if Aita did what he did for, like, Benkei... You know, for the new, tra- you know, not transitioning, but for the newer champions that are young, that are kind of growing into it, I think having an ace like Aita control the crowd, especially with, you know, the crowds now, you know, being able to be a little bit more livelier, which I'll, I'll showcase you that, uh, what happened on September 5th here uh, over in New Japan. Um, but but I think with with Aita, I think it's a, it's a good foil. It's a good person to lead. And I think to make uh, make them feel more comfortable as champion and to get that crowd, you know, fully behind them there. That makes sense. That makes sense. So Even though I don't want to – trust me, I, I, I never want them to lose. But I, I just think that's probably going to be the, the, better, the better option. But speaking of that, Ryan, I don't know if we can hear this. So House of Torture is making their uh, their entrance, and nobody's cheering. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Dixie goes back. No, they're booing the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Remember they used to go bananas, they used to go bananas for evil. Now just booing the shit out of them. Look at that stable though, minus Dick to go. You get you know, you get show, you get evil. You get, you know, Pete's hair with the Tokyo Pimp, um, Sans the Tokyo Pimp. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a whole group, and then they just get the boo the shit out of, and I love it. I love it. This is great. <laughs> boo! <laughs> someone said, someone wrote, funny, I was at the show live, and the guy in front of me must have been the only person rooting for House of Torture, which made for an interesting dynamic. Obviously, I booed the shit out of them like they deserved to be. <laughs> <laughs> And then someone wrote, I hear booze from the Japanese fans. This brings a smile to my face. <laughs> and then Tanahashi wrote, in very emo- or said in an emotional post, it's been a long two and a half years, but even so, you fans made up for it all in just one day. We've taken a step, but it's just a first step. If we want to share this love and happiness with everyone, the players and fans alike, Let's be safe and careful. And let me add one more thing, as he cries. For two and a half years, you followed the rules and restrained yourselves to just clapping. I'm proud of each and every one of you for staying strong and supporting us. Thank you very much. I'll keep doing my best. This is great. Sums it up perfectly. Sums Mm -hmm. it up perfectly. Ah, Purell's going to get back again, man. I am excited. We can hear those reactions. We can hear the chants, the booze. The ch- oh, it, it's going to go back to, to pre-pandemic levels. And, and it, as we've found out, it can make or break matches. And, you know, unlike if you're a Noah Cage match where it's just Nakajima and Kitamiya, uh, you know, turn out that was up there, to, you know, Ironhead and Go Shiozaki, uh with no fans and staring at each other for 28 minutes straight. Uh, which I think would have killed with fans. Um, I just think it's something where, uh, yeah, I think Tanahashi's right. It's just rejuvenating. It's going to be something that will be, you know, Okada with people cheering. How crazy is that going to be to watch at the next big show? Uh, So I'm excited. I'm really excited for all around. And Dragon Gate, like you said, with, with them getting their fans next week, let's fucking go. Yeah. So, so I'm going to get Peter Pan watched, and I will watch When Worlds Collide. Uh, so hopefully we can get back on, do another show, preview dra- uh, dra- uh, Dangerous Gate as we get more Dangerous Gate card, and uh, kind of start getting back on the, the regular. I mean, we're kind of caught up. The only thing not caught up, for me at least, is stardom, which I'm still behind in. Um but I'm still determined to get caught up. But, but yeah, I mean, every other company we're pretty good on, so we, we got some, some talking points. Hey, we did it. Finally here. <laughs> we, we still <laughs> didn't give you back next week on popular media. Go check it out. Uh, we got twitch.tv forward slash WrestleCast. Uh, if you get it confused, but check out tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, what do I got? Another week till I make that video, right? 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 Every week? This weekend? Uh, we should hopefully get it this weekend because we're running out of time. <laughs> I'll have Demetrius yep. recorded because I will be seeing the Daredevil Derek Fury. And uh, I, I think I met him once before. Uh, uh, Joe Nielsen. I don't know his gimmick name. I yep. apologize. Joseph Alexander. Joseph Alexander, thank you, thank you. Uh, the former cohorts of One Technical Legend, uh, as you can hear him on the other side of the mic right there. Uh, coming out uh, kind of towards my neck of the woods, 90 minutes away. I'm excited to see uh, see Daredevil 
to see Joseph Alexander, but I'm excited to see. Uh, sorry to, to break character here. Really yoked to to see Demetrius, and it's been a while, but the journey he's been on the last couple of years, I'm very proud of him. Um, and I'm I'm really psyched to see it, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes. I'm just happy he's getting back out there, as he has been, you know, especially after coming off a nasty injury, both of them actually within, you know, this year. But uh, very pumped for that over in Fergus Falls, Minnesota at some brewery. So, hey, any listeners out there, we'll see you out in Fergus Falls Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. bell time. Check it out. (laughs) Hell yeah. Alex, as always, it was a pleasure. Let's let's get some more specials. We got got some more weeklies coming more. Going to get back in the swing for y'all. We're going to have some fun. Yes, yes. Oh, it's the fourth right. quarter. Jesus. All righty. <laughs> well, I'm out. Bye. Bye. Take it. <laughs>